Hello and welcome back to the second part of our month-long Star Wars marathon. Sam, who have we got with us today? Today, Chris, we've got another Matt from an Airful podcast. This week we've got Matty Ashton and we're going to be covering the original trilogy. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a great one diving into the original three films. Don't forget to check out an Airful podcast, but Matty will give you the links for them at the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all our favourite pop culture films and TV show. And today is the second part of our three-part Star Wars series. Each one has got a co-host, but first of all, my usual co-host is Sam. Revenge of the Seventh is the day that we're recording this. Is that a thing? <laughs> no, no, I think you could. Sounds past like a it. good thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and just, just May the 4th. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Well, it's Revenge of the 5th, and then it's, I don't know, Revenge and 7 have got the same amount of letters. <laughs> anyway. 7 letters g- in Revenge, so <laughs> if you times that by 6, you get uh, some sort of Star Wars reference, I don't know. <laughs> and you also get our additional host today, which is Matty Ashton. Welcome to the podcast, Matty. Hello, guys. Good to be on. So we've got Matty on as our second guest from an Earful podcast, this time covering the original trilogy of Star Wars films. The OG. Some would say the OGs. Some would say the best. Most people would probably say the best, hopefully. Yeah. Do you want to promote the podcast real quick up top? Just a little bit uh, bit of a shout out to uh, the other two Matts, the three Matts, the three Musketeers on an Earful podcast. We're a horror slash music podcast, so if you're into any of that stuff, especially like good music as well, if you listen to that shit chat music then... Fuck off. <laughs> we don't want Getting called out by Matt already. Right, well, you got big shoes to fill anyway, because Matt Pearson last week did kind of rock this, and we did say at the end of this, we're going to rank the three mats the same way we're going to rank the three trilogies, so yeah. be, on your, be, on the, be on your toes, because you are under review. How do you reckon you're going to fare up? How do you reckon you're going to do versus Pearson and Lund? I don't know, well, there's a lot to talk about in those first three films, because, like I was saying, George Binks is a fucking, like, a good hour, probably, <laughs> all those theories, you know what I mean? Yeah. Evil George Binks, yeah, is he a Sith Lord? You if if you haven't checked out the first episode, we did cover it, <laughs> find out our definitive answer. Yes. But anyway, we're going to jump straight into it with A New Hope. Who wants to take it away on A New Hope? I've got a real quick question at the start of A New Hope, right? So... This, when it opens up, you've got the uh, rebel troopers in the hallway waiting for the stormtroopers to breach, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Has anyone noticed this is the only scene in the entire Star Wars saga, I'd, I'd go as far to say, where stormtroopers actually hit? <laughs> like, because uh, that's in my notes for later on because obi-wan says oh with accuracy like this it could only be imperial stormtroopers yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like they have notoriously yeah. the worst aim apart from in this corridor when they breached this ship because when i watched this it was the first thing that i noticed that there was two dead stormtroopers and about 10 dead rebel troopers and i was like <laughs> you, you see them and they're like hitting them and taking them out and then maybe they just get gun shy when Vader appears. I don't know. They, but they really, they really drop the ball after that, don't they? Well, it's like, like you said, in 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 battles, the the shit. Like you just see like all the fucking Jedi or whatever just running away from them. Probably a good few feet as well, where they could have had bullets in the back of them. Well, not bullets, but lasers. Yeah. And they missed every single shot. 
It's like, or is is it Palpatine controlling everything? Because why would he want Anakin to die in those sorts of, sort of situations? So unless he's controlling it in the Force. Part of his big master plan that he's orchestrated. Yeah. They just get performance issues when there's a hero on screen. <laughs> do, do you reckon they knew they were like, they're, they're trying to make two more films after this one, we can't hit them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was just so bizarre. Like, I, I, you just it's one of those things that when you, you've watched so much stuff of just things, yeah. just like, oh, they never hit anything, they never hit anything, and people always survive, and how... And then they just—they're just like scary. This is like the first time that you see like stormtroopers actually look intimidating, and then yeah. after that, they're just no, like hit, hitting the heads on doors and all sorts. <laughs> it literally the and, next scene, yeah. No, that yeah. opening scene on Force Awakens, like, or the one where Rent, like, just just absolutely laying into everyone with all the stormtroopers. Like, that's when you looked at them, like, as if to say, like, "Fuck me!" And then they released yeah. all yeah, the they other had an upgrade that in the first order. Yeah. They yeah. actually had time to train them. Mad. My, right, my we... theory might be they're probably like riding high because this obviously breaches in from the end of Rogue One now. So yeah. if you think about it in context, they're probably just seeing like like these guys escape from their ship and they're just seeing Darth Vader go on an absolute tear. It's like, oh shit, we can actually do this, guys. So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. got good aim. And then after that, they're just kind of like, eh. they, they had That's the right uh, pep talk, didn't they? They had yeah. the right pep talk in the gym before they, in the, in the locker room before they went out. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vader was like, bring it in, guys, bring it in, take a knee, take a knee. Right, this is the gameplay for today. <laughs> he went through the playbook and everything. Apparently, it is actually in canon why they're such a bad shot is because the Imperial weapons are just mass-produced and they're really bad, so apparently they've just got shocking aim. All the helmets right. are mass-produced and they can't see anything out of them. <laughs> right, but yeah, what, you don't right. have much visibility. You're saying that, but what about the clone troopers? Yeah, they're a sick shot. If you if you watch what I mean. it, so the original, they're a good they're shot, sick. aren't they? And they're mass produced, so there, there must be some sort of error in there. They've got George Binks' DNA in the blood. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Not all stormtroopers are clones, though, are they? Like the clones were specifically engineered to be crack shots. There was actually yeah, a point in Star Wars lore where Palpatine got rid of all the clones in the Empire, and there was actually a. I saw it somewhere on Twitter, but it was a particular battle where Palpatine said, like, no more clones, and then he, he kind of got rid of them and then recruited instead. I was going to say, because you never know where that ends, because obviously at the end of episode three, they're still there, and then episode four comes and here's Stormtroopers. Like, <laughs> yeah, I never actually thought about that. That'll be worth uh, looking into afterwards, I yeah. reckon. Yeah. A... This is a lot of talk about just the fact that stormtroopers can aim for one <laughs> for one scene. Right, I mean, the but... biggest the biggest thing is is that we've just watched episode one, two, and three, and then you've gone to this because we're actually watching it in chronological order, not release order. Chronological. Right. How did you find that, Matty? Going from one, two, three, and then then seeing and then having to talk about this. Well, like I said, obviously I watched all the um, Rise of Skywalker and all that, the latest trilogy, like very recently. So that's still at the top of my mind. I never got up to episode four, five, and six. Believe it or not, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so You're going uh, down the leaderboard. But but <laughs> as we said, they are literally ingrained in your mind anyway. Like they're just stuck in there constantly. You yeah, know what definitely. I mean? Like you're always comparing everything to them. So I thought, you know what? Let's watch number one, two, three. And instead of going to four and five, just get into Han Solo, and then just get into a uh, what Rogue One as well. Yeah, I just go that way. I, th- I go the full way. I think, like you said, these are ingrained in our memories. But I think every time, like I seem to watch, like I watch them every year. But 
every now and again, like every couple of years, like I'll take something new away from him. And like, I, I felt like I noticed a lot of stuff this time, obviously being nearly 25 at this point, we're a bit older. Yeah. We're getting something different from the franchise again. And like, my, my first note on the list is just like, C-3PO is the sassiest motherfucker and I've never noticed. <laughs> like, th- like uh, there's one point in each three films where I've written a note to said like, C-3PO treats R2-D2 like a piece of fucking shit and throughout my notes I'm just getting angrier at C-3PO <laughs> to the point where my last note is C-3PO is a piece of shit. <laughs> He's also just absolutely <sighs> blind because when he finds R2 like right at the beginning and he's taking that message from Leia it's like he's looking directly at her and it's just a clear corridor and then it's like where have you been and it's like he's, it's like he's been looking down the yeah. corridor what like princess? this and it's like Do you know you could probably turn like c3po into a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> like with those eyes Freddy's or something yeah like Deep like stuff some woman just like traps herself in a wardrobe trying to escape him and then all you see in the back of the wardrobe in the darkness is C-3PO's <laughs> eyes just pop out of nowhere. That's the trailer. Well, the red like they are in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Sith droid. Sith, yeah, Sith droid. You know what? That's a new thing, though, isn't it, actually? When are we going to get a horror film in Star Wars universe? I know like, we need it. There's been horror novels in Star Wars, like zombie stormtroopers and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. There's some pretty dark episodes of Clone Wars as well. Like, I've just finished season three, and like, there's an episode with Ahsoka Tano, like being hunted by the race that Bosk is. And it's basically oh, just yeah, like, yeah. it's just basically Battle Royale slash The Hunt slash yeah. Hunger Games type thing. And I was like, that's dark for a kid's show. <laughs> yeah, well, there are some like horror bits. It like always gets like. Like, for example, the cave... I know I'm jumping way ahead of the gun now, but <laughs> the cave bit, like, yeah. kind of... At the time, what we've got to remember is these films are very different at the time. Like, what did I watch last night? I watched, really random, watched uh, Sleepless in Seattle with Tom Hanks in. Yeah, um, okay, good film. And that was actually two years before The Phantom Menace. And you see how filmmaking and stuff is in a film like that in 97. And you got to yeah. think about how it was when A New Hope came out. It was like even before that. And it's like you kind of take it for granted sometimes, I think, like how good those films were for the time. Yeah. Because honestly, they hold up now. And there was a lot of parts of that film that I watched last night that came out two years before, Phantom Menace, that is a good film, but questionably doesn't hold up now as much. So, But the two characters that stay the same, though, are C-3PO and R2-D2, they never change. No, yeah. no. Do you know what I mean? When you see Yoda going from an animatronic to, like, digital, like, mm. you obviously you see that change and you know, you know what I mean? Because it gets better as it goes along, because, like, what Yoda in, like, episode one... Compared to like you see Yodin and the other ones, it's very cool how they stay quite true. And yeah. it's also good that obviously from when A New Hope came out, that they didn't have to change anything to make them still look good in yeah. stuff like The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, and stuff in it. While we're still on this first scene, anyway, I oh man, I miss Carrie Fisher. Like, seeing her in this again, every time I see her in something, like, my heart breaks a little bit. Especially because this was her first appearance as a Princess Leia as well. I went watching Rogue One. Uh, Yeah, I was just in the cinema, we were watching all that, I got all the way to the end, and then you see Carrie Fisher, like, face at the end of it. Like, you don't expect it, because, like, obviously you see her from behind and you think they're not going to, like, put a face on, you'll just see that and you'll know who it is. But then she turns around Mm. and she's got that CGI face and all that, because they made her look younger. 
I thought, mm. fucking hell, man, that was great. And then I came at the cinema and on the radio it said Carrie Fisher passed away. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Like, I came it? out straight after that last scene of seeing that and I was like... I, I remember, fuck? like, the day that we found out that she had passed away, like, I just watched 4, 5 and 6 that day. Yeah. Again, it's like that first scene with her in, in the corridor sending the message in R2-D2, you're just like, fuck, man, I miss her. She's so good. Mm. While we're on the topic of this first scene as well, it's the whole Darth Vader reveal, isn't it? So he mm. gets introduced yeah. like straight away in this. So cool, by He's the way. So like, menacing. Yeah, proper menacing. But to talk about menacing, the they got Darth Vader, although he force chokes everyone throughout the whole film, he physically chokes this guy. Yeah. And yeah. watching it back when he's got that rebel up like that with his hand and he's like lifting him off the floor and chokes him. Yeah. It's so weird to see someone physically choke someone in Star Wars after. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not think it makes it more brutal that he's using his own hands for it? Well, his own robot hands for it. Yeah, but he does yeah, that, it, it does that little crip, cripple thing like that, like you said, like you're just doing then. He's that little cripple. It's like he doesn't use his full hand, it's just a little cripple. Like yeah, weird, yeah. it? it was one of those things where I was thinking it. I was like, I think that because we've seen more of Darth Vader now, like yeah. in Rogue One and stuff like that, and in other stuff where you've seen him just like absolutely going ham, throwing, you know, in Rogue One, he's throwing rebels up onto the roof. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like resorted to just good old fashioned, like grabbing someone. Yeah, and the stuff. next it's, scene, like he's just yeah, like, yeah. I'm tired of this. I'm doing this with my bare hands now. <laughs> Choke you out. Yeah. And I reckon it maybe it was one of those things at the time where it might have been too much for audiences to introduce doing stuff through the force straight away. Yeah. It's yeah. like let's 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 not go full full badass yet. Let's just let's just do that. Let's do that. Well, that yeah. But that it, it was this point as well that I noticed. Like, so we have the escape pod leaves and then we're on Tatooine for the first time and I noticed like how good these remasters actually look that are on Disney Plus so these are unfortunately the ones that have still been tweaked by George Lucas and they got the awful CGI on Tatooine as well like I'll get to that in a bit but they've been digitally remastered as well like everything's so sharp and so crisp on these like they actually looked full HD I was like oh this is good this is good they do like look amazing when I got to Empire Strikes Back I was like the the Hoth introduction looks awesome on Disney Plus it looks really good do you remember the time before there was an Anakin hologram (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that actually (laughs) I think I had that on VHS, and I, I swear that doesn't have Anakin. That doesn't have Hayden Christensen on it. It has the original guy on it, yeah. yeah. And just a quick one while we're on the topic of drop pods, that Imperial officer who says there's no life forms on that drop pod screwed the entire Galactic Empire by not shooting that drop pod down. <laughs> Shoot it, no, it's probably just a malfunction. But it, it's ace because the other guy says... There's an escape pod, shoot it down. He's like, no, no, leave it. Leave it. There's no life forms on there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mate, if they only knew that mate, it was your fault. <laughs> the entire Star Wars saga, the entire Skywalker saga is 
built around coincidences. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's just MacGuffin after MacGuffin, just plot hole after plot hole when you think about it. Like, what are the odds that those droids would land on Tatooine with, like, and be picked up by the son of the guy that built them? Yeah. And it just so happens to be that he's the saviour of the entire universe. Oh, what a coincidence. Like, the entire thing is just coincidence after coincidence. Like we said in the first, when Anakin drops into the lift and Obi one nearly cuts him in half like you just nearly <laughs> saved the entire republic there and then <laughs> <laughs> that's another meme that needs to happen just shoot down that escape pod and then you just see a laser hit it, it explodes yeah. and then the no plans roll. the death star blows up everything yeah. done <laughs> <laughs> You need to, you just need like a super cut of like the Death Star blowing up like fifty different planets, and then like <laughs> yeah. at the end replace the CGI celebration scenes with just the stormtroopers in every city, <laughs> just the and Imperial then, March all yeah. the way through. So we get the whole introduction of Luke and everything, just being a whining ass teenager. It's like, Dad, but Uncle Owen, I don't want to work on a moisture farmer all my life. God, like just being absolutely whining. Watching it back now, I'm like, how do we like Luke straight off the off the bat? It's like it's not until like they get like a the whiny kid in it. Like, first, oh, yeah. he's actually yeah. like a decent character. <laughs> yeah, there's a princess. There's a sexy princess in danger. So now he's like, okay, yeah, he's now clean. it's yeah. time to do some hero shit. <laughs> ben puts that lightsaber in his hand, and then he's like, yes, <laughs> that's it. I'm ready to go. He just turns into Thor. He's like, because that's what heroes do. There's the Moss Eisley foreshadowing in there in episode two, where do you know you see like Luke's step like parents in that? Yeah, yeah do you yeah. know what I mean? So like yeah, it, you it's, see uh, Joel Edgerton playing Lars. Yeah, yeah. So all of that like was like a cool foreshadowing. Obviously, like prepping it up for the fourth one, right? And it, it's just mad in it when you think about it that like fucking Vader's been sat right next to him in there at one point. Yeah, there's a lot of moments like that where it's like you realise how many people actually knew Anakin but didn't realise he was Vader. Yeah. And it's like it's like what what do you tell him? What did you tell those people who like knew Anakin uh, as this guy who came over and his and his mum was dead because he got she got stole by Tuscan Raiders? Oh, I remember that guy. Oh, uh, well, Obi Wan, the guy who brought the baby, chopped his legs off and his arm off and then left him to burn well, in lava because he turned bad. Most people don't know that, do they? Most people don't know that, and I think that's but, why it doesn't need explaining. <laughs> no, but the thing is, his step parents would have known that. They would have known that Anakin like turned into Darth Vader. They would have found out somehow. Well, I suppose that's why Obi-Wan's brought the twins, hasn't he, at the end of episode three? Yeah. He's probably had to explain, look, I've had to go through this story a few times, but Anakin's turned to the dark side, I've had to kill him, and these are his kids. Well, Keep yeah. if you safe. actually watch it, he doesn't say jack shit, he gets off his, like, <laughs> Tatooine camel, passes the baby to Aunt Peru, and then that's fucking it. <laughs> they stare into the sunset <laughs> actually, and he fucks no, off. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you actually make a good point, actually, because we don't actually find out, like, who Darth Vader is, do we? No, no. But to be honest, I don't even. Well, they don't get to find out. The thing is, is there must be some point in between Episode Three and A New Hope where Obi Wan finds out Anakin's still alive and he's Darth Vader. Because at the point that he leaves him, he leaves him for dead, doesn't he? At the end of Revenge of the Sith. That's what I mean. So all he knows is he's dead. That's what I'm saying. Like, how how do do they know that like Darth Vader exists or who he is? And they might know he exists, but they might not know who he is. 
Yeah, I reckon he could just sort of sense it through the forces. How well, they'll probably wave the hands and explain it type thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, to to jump the gun a little bit across in New Hope, that when Darth Vader senses Obi Wan when he's on the the first Death Star, he says it's a presence that I've not felt since, and then dot dot dot. And I reckon maybe that they have met and he has found out that Anakin is Darth Vader. I reckon... Doesn't he know his name from episode 3 when he gets anointed Darth Vader? Does he not know his his new name in that? No, Yoda knows his name. Yoda said his name. Oh, no, Palpatine says it, doesn't he, as he rises? Well, it was was recently that Hayden Christensen, there's a strong rumour right now that he's going to reprise the role of Anakin Skywalker or he's going to reprise his role as Darth Vader in the Obi-Wan TV series, apparently. Apparently. Which will be very interesting. Hot scoop, scoop, yeah. Has that started filming? It started with script writing. (laughs) We need that right now. (laughs) It got delayed indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I reckon may be a good thing because hopefully they didn't plan on bringing Hayden Christensen in and now they're going to do it because of, you know, delays and stuff. Maybe it's meant that they've come up with that idea. But this might not be true anyway. It might not happen. But it's meant to be revealed at Star Wars Celebration, which is meant to be any time over the next few months. So if it's not been Mm. cancelled due to coronavirus. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. That was so, a tangent and a half. So, <laughs> so we're still talking about Luke, and I think like we get the greatest scene of A New Hope with Luke when he stares at the binary sunset. You get the music swell, yeah. and oh man, that is just that scene, that music, like the way he just looks off into the distance and like you hear the music and it just fills everyone's minds with like hope and wonder. Like this kid, like wants to get off this planet. He wants to see what's beyond those two suns. He wants to explore the universe and everything. And he, and then like, he looks away, like it's never going to happen. Like you see the remorse in him, but he senses something almost. And he, he looks hopefully back out at the horizon as the music swells again. (laughs) Ah, this scene. You there's love that opening. Gets, <laughs> there's a reason this scene gets replicated in all the Star Wars films. Like we have Ray foreshadow it when she's on Jakku, and then yep, at, yeah. obviously at the end of the Skywalker saga, she's walking off into the dual sunsets. You have Episode Three finish with it as well, with them holding Luke staring at the binary yeah, sunset yeah. in the exact That's same right. spot. Luke dies to that as well. Exactly, the end of the binary sunset. It's so mm. oh, man. Woof, woof. That's a scene that it always catches me off guard how much different Mark Hamill looks in A New Hope to how much different he looks in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he had that he bad looks... car crash, didn't he, and needed facial reconstruction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's why he looks so different between the films. He's yeah. like a totally different person in yeah, A New yeah. Hope. It's really weird. Yeah, there was also the biggest time difference between the filming of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back rather than Empire into Return of the Jedi as well mm. so he, he did age up a little bit and obviously the car crash and everything like that my next notes just start to go on to the whole bit getting introduced with obi-wan and stuff like that and you see the jawa's sand crawler this is what we talked about earlier the jawa's sand crawler is all blown up he's just there like oh only imperial stormtroopers are this accurate <laughs> it's like <laughs> this goes against everything we've come to learn as star wars fans but like at the beginning of this film it's just like darth vader and stormtroopers are the biggest threats you could ever face <laughs> yeah that and tuscan raiders apparently yeah, when Obi Wan appears, when he's waving his arms about and he's doing that whole, Ooh! Ooh! 
sound or whatever he's doing. <laughs> it, like a crate dragon or something, is it meant to be? Yeah, so they change, that sound actually changes across all the different versions as well. It's as bad as bloody hand shoots first moment. So there's Ooh, loads that's of in different... the notes. Get ready for that. Get ready for that <laughs> <Yeah>. conversation. <laughs> there's loads of different sounds that Obi-Wan makes when he when he comes to save Luke and I think the one that is in there right now is like the weirdest of them. <laughs> definitely the weirdest. It's definitely more of a creature noise. A lot of the other ones were just like there was a really scary one. There was one that was really like aggressive, and it was the like the pig one. It, was, like, it sounds like a pig. I don't know whether that's the one that's in there now. <laughs> I can't it sounds like a, like a pig squealing, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that might be Ooh, the one the that's in there frozen. now. Yeah, the one that's in there now is like a, a screaming pig. But there was a really scary dragon noise that was meant to yeah. be like a crate dragon or whatever. Also, right. the the bit where the Jawas ambush the droids, proper vibes from what the Mandalorian did with like episode two or three or whatever it was. Yeah. That's what I liked about the Mandalorian as well. Like yeah, it visited all those characters again. Yeah, I just checked yeah. out Star Wars Gallery, the first episode, talking about the direction of. Those things. That's really good to check out. Have you have you watched Star Wars Gallery, Matty? I've not Disney watched Gallery it yet. even. Um, we only got this free trial of Disney Plus the other night. Like I realised, it's only one episode watching... at the moment. Is it? I've yeah. seen the, I've seen them advertised on there, but I need to get into them. I've watched the uh, a few of the you know behind the scenes on YouTube, especially the Phantom Menace ones, because I was curious to see like that all mm. went about. They're pretty cool though. Well, if you really like The Mandalorian, a quick 10-second review on Disney Gallery. More Mandalorian, more behind the scenes. It's all awesome. Again, not sponsored by Disney+, Plus. we just really love it. It's the best (laughs) place for Star Wars content. So does this show you, like, what would have happened, like, the previous things they wrote for the script that didn't get in there, sort of thing? Yeah, well, not not as such. It's more like it's just the behind the scenes in the making of, but they do a roundtable with all the directors on it. Um, and you just see loads and loads of like professionally shot behind the scenes stuff that just looks just looks wicked. And because of how they did the Mandalorian with the whole like um, you know sp- spherical screen and stuff that goes around them, it just looks yeah. nuts. It's like they're actually there on all the sets. It looks really ace. But yeah. again, digress. But Disney Gallery is wicked. Yeah, it's very good. So back onto a new hope we get the interrogation scene of Leia. And this still yeah. has my favourite clangor. Out of everything that's been changed in these original things, this is still here. When they, the interrogation probe droid thing gets first shown off, you can see the guy's arms holding it around the door. <laughs> <laughs> He's just holding it. Like you see his black clothed arms just holding it around the door. You're like, how is this still here? It's so clunky, it's great. But like, that's just like one of those little charming moments that if you don't notice it, you don't notice it. But yeah, it's but just it's like, what, it's this is like a nice film, little... Exactly, Movie like, magic. you can tell it's a product of its age and stuff like that. Yeah. Which makes me hate the CGI even more, which is my next note, because we go back to bloody Moss Eisley. You've got that bloody big dinosaur stomping around everywhere. So it's not even the ones that the stormtroopers are riding on. There's just like this giant like giraffe dinosaur looking bastard. Which one's the stop motion one? The... No, it's not even a stop motion one. It's an awful it CGI not? one that was put back in for the first DVD releases. Right. Oh, it's awful. He's just constantly walking through frame. Like, you know the first time like they pull up on the speeder and Obi-Wan does the Jedi mind trick? Like, yeah. you miss half the shot of him pulling up because this fat-ass dinosaur's walking <laughs> through shot. I was looking at some behind-the-scenes stuff and things that make the script and uh, and that, and apparently 
for episode four, they originally shot Jabba the Hutt as a human, and he and like there's video footage of this out there, and it's just this big fat guy in furry clothes with a Scottish accent, like, and he's Jabba the Hutt. It's fucking mental, and then yeah. obviously it then got changed into Jabba as we know him. I yeah, find so it crazy. This is in that my was a notes thing. as well. Jabba looks fine in it, but because they've had to move Han Solo around the shot, obviously because they had a human in there, like you said, like he's just got this like proper fuzzy glow around him where they've not cut him out properly, and they've just sort yeah. of like put a soft edge around him, and it's absolutely awful. And then they've CGI'd Boba Fett in there as well. But then yeah, as yeah. he's leaving, he calls Jabber a human being. <laughs> Why did yeah, you leave does, that line he? in there? Yeah, yeah. He says you're a, you're a great human being or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're a great he? specimen yeah. of a human being or something like that. I, but it mm. kind of works because he's like being sarcastic almost, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So that's probably why they kept it in. My favourite bit is how Han kind of like levitates behind him and then comes <laughs> yeah, back down. Yeah, he's walking down. over his tail. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so janky. I feel like we've but, spoke about this before. It's not even like when you step over something, you sort of like create an arc, don't you? But he doesn't like he just he's going straight, and then it's just like a triangle, just up down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking about the CGI on um, in Moss Eisley before we move on, I think parts of it are really good. I think just that big dinosaur thing just needs to go because it's just like absolutely just like in the shot walking past but because it's like blurry cgi for the time it just looks well, so that's, bizarre that's the thing like there's not enough depth to the textures on it really like they've tried to add scales and stuff but there's no shadows or anything on it like mm. it's the lighting that always gives away bad cgi and it just yeah looks awful. I think it just makes the film just look a little bit more aged than what it is, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, also, just because we're going to move away from Tatooine for a bit No, now. I'm staying on it. I'm staying oh, on it. Oh, you staying on it? Cool. <laughs> I just want to ask before we stop talking about Jowers, have you ever seen what one looks like underneath the hood? <laughs> no, but I imagine it's terrifying. No, uh, I'm going to show you now. Uh, what I'd encourage everyone listening to do is to Google Jowers underneath the hood and look at the absolute horrific things that come up on Google. Jowers in the hood. Here's a really quick look look guys oh my god it looks like beta ray bill yeah there's a couple of different looks of a jower i thought this would be really thrilling content on a on a (laughs) podcast there is some really horrible horrible looks of uh, (laughs) are these just things people have made up like what they think yeah i think maybe this is like unused concepts and stuff like that there's some that don't look as weird but they are two of the by far most freaky deaky looking jowers <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, apparently well, the horrific. Speaking of freaky deaky creatures, we get the Moss Eisley Cantina. And I think this was the moment as a kid where I was like, I love Star Wars. Like, all the weird, bizarre, different aliens in here. Yeah. Like, you get, like, a moment, like, each time in each of the original trilogy where you just get introduced, like, loads of bizarre new things. Like, you get the Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi and stuff like that. Just the introduction of all these different aliens is so cool. Like, you've got Rodians Mm. in there. You've got um, the werewolf creatures. You've got the guys that are constantly wearing spacesuits. Obviously, the band got the pig guy the guy with like the butt for mouth and all that. i think that's the point when like you're watching the movie and you're like yeah i'm home like this is this is what star wars is do you want to do a real quick bit of trivia and try and name alien races that are in that bar at the time well, her name is Rodian. Well, you, <laughs> so, you two are fair pa- like, surpassed me because I'm, I'm not a fucking clue. Are we going to... No, okay, we'll leave it. Uh, go on, Sam. Try <laughs> and name on, a couple. Uh, go on. Keep going until nobody can name another one. So you said Rodian. I'll say yeah. Biff, which are the music okay. guys. Um, I'll say human. I can't... 
Yeah, well, <laughs> human. Okay. That counts. It counts. I, I'm trying to think what the name of Greedos is. I know they're from Rodon, aren't they? Uh, Greedo is a Rodian. No, I thought a Rodian was the blue head guys that Cad Bane is. Nope. Nope. So he's a Rodian. What's the okay. what's the one that Cad Bane is then with the blue? I head? can't tell you because that's my next one. Go on then, you go then. I'm out of Cad Bane, and that one is called a Duros. Oh, okay. fuck me, boys! You dove in, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. I mean, you could say Wookie because Chewbacca's in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's the name of the ones with the arse for a mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're a bit like Balchinians, then, but they have many black. Balchinians. <laughs> okay. That's exactly what they are. Excellent. Okay. Balchinians, man. We'll, pl- we'll play Star Wars trivia another time. They, they should make a, surpri- tell- like, a guest I, appearance. I can tell you the name of most of the people in Jabba's Palace. <laughs> we'll get oh, on to that got- later. I love how I literally forgot some creatures' names for Star Wars, but I instantly remember the Balchinian from, uh, <laughs> from Men in Black. But they should definitely make an appearance in Star Wars somehow. Like, they need to make yeah, an it's appearance. Pretty, it's probably like a deep crossover, like E.T. being in the prequels. Yeah. yeah or, or, like, yeah. you'll see in the background of the cantina, and, like, they'll newly edit the Balchinian into it. You won't see it unless you pause it and you stir in the background. But yeah, the Balchinian's just are. dangling. <laughs> yeah, they're just dangling in the background. <laughs> I don't even want to know what this race is actually called anymore. We're just going to stick with Balchinian. Oh. No, that's what they're actually known as, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll spell it as Balchinian. Have you Googled Balchinian? Uh, no, we'll, we'll do that another time. Right. Anybody right. listening, so, Google well, Balchinian and have a good laugh at it. Because <laughs> he's hilarious. While, while we're in the cantina, the only other thing that we have to talk about in it is, in your perfect version of this scene, who shoots first? Oh, well, there was different versions of this, wasn't there? So there was exactly. a version so where... the, the version on Disney on. Plus, the newest version, so we've got Greedo now saying McClunky as he fires, and they both fire yeah. at the same time now. So the original was Han shot first, yeah. and then they re-edited it, so Greedo shot first. And Han just sort of like did a weird CGI head dodge out the way. Yeah, and then so like now they've got it so that they shoot at the same time. What's everybody's perfect version of that? Come on, Matty, you go first. Why not just stick with the plain and simple? Like, they shot, each other, they shot each other on time. You know what I mean? They both knew each other. So they both shot at the same time. They knew what was coming. They, they knew well, there was no way the none of them were getting out is. of it. So that's, that's the perfect vision for it. What do that you think, Sam? Happened. It's tough, isn't it? Because everyone wants Han to have shot first, right? But... I think the rule of cool with this would be if Greedo shot first and Han actually did dodge out the way. Not in the weird CGI dodge, but he like let Greedo take the first shot and then so he didn't instigate the murder in a cantina, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Okay, so we've all got different answers because my perfect one is Han shot first because that was what gave us the fundamental of what his character was like this is where we learned that han solo is a smuggler he's a killer he doesn't give a shit like he does what needs to be done to save his own ass and get the job done you know what i mean like like in that moment like we learned everything that we needed to know about the smugglers in this world and like Mm. that built the foundation of the character that we get of han solo in that film like he's a smuggler that doesn't care about anything Except for the paycheck. It's a good point, actually. Yeah, I, you know what? I think all of them... I, I don't think there's a single thing, apart from questionably the McClunky line, which is just, just a bit McClunky. odd, that makes, that makes <laughs> this scene what? bad anyway. I think it's always going to be a really good scene. 
I always love the way that Greedo talks in his native language as well, because they've got like that weird little tunnel mouth as well. It's like... <laughs> 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 it's like, if you saw that mouth, that's how you imagine those things talking. It's like... <laughs> 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 yeah, it's odd. It's like the it's end, like of, the a end of a sock. Oh, sock, yeah. <laughs> the trumpet. fingers are like trumpets. They've got like yeah, suction yeah. cups on the ends of the fingers, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> like little elephant trunks. Oh, really... <laughs> well, they look like flies, don't they? they? Look like flies. So it's little fly mouth. Yeah. Actually, can we can so, we talk about Rogue One? Well, I know it's not part. Well, of the, that's a different episode, but we could talk about it quickly. Yeah. Right. So let's just like go on about the characters that appear in there, especially Darth Maul. Like, what the fuck? Like, Darth Maul's not in Rogue One. What are you chatting about? Not Rogue One. Oh, I'm on about Solo. I'm on about Solo. Solo. Yeah, I got it mixed up. So when he when he appears at the end of Solo, like, did you expect that? No, 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 no. I I didn't <laughs> see that coming at all. To Me be and Sam freaked out in the cinema. I think that was the only bit in that film where we were both like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. So like, they stayed like true to maybe the, the comics might have been before that. Were they before or after it? You know, when like, no, it depends what comics you're talking it, about. They're all uh, getting. Oh, not comics. Sorry, the uh, the TV series. That was series. already out. Yeah, that, that was, was already, already out. out. Right, so they yeah. actually continued that on then from where Darth Maul like got oh, his, yeah. like, spider Luke- legs and then all that sort of stuff. Lucasfilm have a story group, mate, that have to make sure all these stories link together and make sure that there's nothing that yeah. counteracts another thing. There's like a yeah. team of people yeah. that have to do this every time they release Crazy. something Star Wars related. <laughs> make sure it's nothing like, contradicts itself in a way. Yeah, they've got a team of Jocasta News just held up in a library full of Star Wars tomes <laughs> so that everything works. Fuck. Yeah. Be well, that's the thing. As soon as, as soon as Disney bought them, we're like, okay, everything that's not... The six films is bullshit. It doesn't exist anymore. Now we've got a team that's going to tell you what exists, and then all the books and everything have come out. Do you reckon they'll make like one film where they show that battle between uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul again? I know because the cartoon's been there, but you never know what they're like. They'll just like well, they'll they already it turned it into a like film. It's called The Phantom Menace. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to tell you anything, but it's all it already exists. Yeah, we know they fight times. multiple times, but like they're not going to recreate the first fight. I know, but it's like the final fight after he's been through all Darth Maul's been through all that stuff. Like he obviously he got betrayed it's, by the Emperor. And it all exists. That. It, it exists. It does exist. Yeah. It yeah. exists. I will tell you Watch what it the is. The animated afterwards. shows. These things. But that's happen. what I mean. That, that's what I mean. It's on the animated series. But I'm saying, do you not think they make a movie about it at some point? Live action rebels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Obi Wan TV series. Yeah, maybe they have Possibly. another fight in there. It won't be the fight. Well, you could have that's the a fight. good point, actually. It might come up in that. Why? Not? Why would it not? You could have the same fight in there as what we already see. Have they said when that, it's taking yeah. place? It's Obi Wan series. Um, um, before episode in, four. Yeah, in between. So is it, is it after Order sixty six had already been shot? Yeah, off yeah, yeah. It's on yeah, his isolation on Tatooine. Yeah, Hermit Obi Wan. Oh, so you've got to see Darth Maul. It'd be cool. I, I'd see Ray Park back as Darth Maul. Definitely. Yeah. Well, he's already back in the Clone Wars. He's doing the mocap. Back on track with a new hope because we're already way through this podcast. <laughs> we get to the Death Star. And let's just talk everything Death Star. So we get there. We save Leia. We get yeah. all the great jokes. You're a bit short to be a stormtrooper and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. This is where the fun begins. This is where the fun begins. Han Solo's got a bad feeling about this. All the quotable right. lines in here. Have you seen the What If episode on the Death Star on Facebook? No. no. So no. they did a What If episode of the Death Star and they said, what if you could build the Death Star? How big would it need to be 
where would you be able to build it? How much it would cost to build it? And how much would it cost to run it and all this? And it was literally like like 400 quadrillion like thingies like every single year. <laughs> it's mental. So I mean, you, you think, think of staffing, rotoring the well, staff they said, on well, the have a million like people living on it. You, you know what the problem is as well is the fact that your public credits are no good here. Yeah. <laughs> so, like when you try to equate it to like pounds, it's not going to work, is it? God, imagine the sizes of the cantinas in there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeez. they've got like multiple different prison levels on it, so like they've definitely yeah, got different crazy. like cantines. Do you reckon they've just that... got, like, a, a giant food court, like the Manchester yeah. Dale food court? <laughs> and it was saying how long it takes to get built. That's a fried chicken and all that. Yeah, to get their own little, like, food cart. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, like, it that took that, like, obviously, so long to get built. How long did it, does it take in the movies to get built from episode three? Well, it's halfway, it's it's halfway, halfway built it. between four and six, isn't it? Yeah. The plans are handed over. Between episode two and episode three. Yeah. So when you see Darth Vader and Palpatine in episode three, the the Death Star is pretty much nearly there, really, isn't it? So you don't know that. It's about at the same stage that it is in episode six. It's like. It's about a quarter. Yeah, Yeah, all the framing is all done and that. But imagine how long it takes to do the materials. Bloody hell. Yeah, and it's still being built in Rogue One. So. We get a demonstration of the Death Star as well, don't we? Which yeah. is uh, yeah. quite cool. I, there's a little uh, little Easter egg here while I nerd out again for a minute. What Matty will notice on this episode of the podcast is what Matt noticed when we were on it last week, is that me and Chris know an incredibly embarrassing amount about Star Wars. <laughs> no, I, I figured that much before when you were naming all the races. Yeah. I was just like, right, I'll take a step back for a second. <laughs> um, they mention a planet. So what the interaction that they're having is Leia's like, not wanting them to blow up a home world because they're saying yeah. we're going to blow up Alderaan, which is where she's from, which is yeah. where Luke and everyone are trying to get to as well, right? Yeah. But the planet that she tells Tarkin that the Rebel base is on, she says Dantooine. Little fact for you, if you haven't played the Knights of the Old Republic video game, (laughs) is Dantooine is where the original Jedi Council from the Old Republic are based. Ooh. It's a very, very force thingy place, that. they scan Dantooine as well, and they say there's an old Rebel base there, but it's been out of commission for years. Yeah, so it's where the old Jedi Order used yeah. to be. They used to live in like really old buildings and it was all fields and stuff. So there's an interesting little fact for As you. A- they took that planet and used it for something. As so. opposed to what planet is the Rebel Base now on? It's no. on Yavin 4. It's a moon, isn't it? It's a moon off Onderon. It's a moon off Onderon. No, Onderon gets blown up. <laughs> Onderon. Is that a different Onderon. planet? <laughs> Onderon. Jesus. <laughs> so I'm googling furiously. Carry on, I'm, I'm fact checking this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, I thought you were just saying Alderon badly. <laughs> is, no. is Dantooine near Tatooine? Well, no. I don't think it's far off. I don't think it's far off. It's probably in the same system, but it's yeah, it's definitely a, a different Tooine. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's in between the two Tooines. Put it that way. Okay, so we get the rescue. We get the epic. Well, not so epic, but it was epic at the time. Lightsaber battle, the first one that we had ever seen between Darth Vader and old Ben Kenobi. Yeah. And you learn so much about these characters in this one moment here. And again, it's so cool. And you see Ben look over at Luke. He's like, okay, 
my job here is done. I'm and ready to be like a force boss. ghost now. Yeah. And then he's just there like, hold the lightsaber up, get a bit of a slashing, yeah. turn to dust. And then, and like, I, f- I always forget that he does this until I rewatched it. Darth Vader just like starts kicking the robes to like see if there's anything there. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Ben? Ben? Has he, become a min- has he become a mini person or not? Are you in there? <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because like, Anakin's never really seen anybody do the whole evaporating trick, because no, he hasn't. Qui-Gon, well, he wasn't there when Qui-Gon died. He didn't evaporate. Like, every Jedi that dies in Clone Wars and everything like that, all those films, they don't evaporate. It's only Obi-Wan and Yoda that we see do it. And then, yeah, cause obviously, Luke does it at the end. I wonder how long it takes him to learn them, the Force Ghost-like sort of trick. Because I know like Yoda talks about it, because he says to um, he says to Obi Wan about uh, Qui Gon becoming a Force Ghost, and then yeah. obviously Yoda goes goes off and like learns it. But you thought Yoda would have known that shit. <laughs> this this is what we talked about last time. Considering Qui Gon was apparently knew how to do it, the way that it was yeah. explained in canon is anyone that knows how to become a Force Ghost and live on after death, their body does the whole evaporation thing. Yeah. But then he, he I think he's basically trying to explain it that Qui Gon has learned to do it after he's died. And right. that's why he's like, oh, there's an old friend who's learned how to do it, and he's going to teach you. Sam's got a point. Right, you bastards, I've fact-checked this planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Yavin 4 is a moon off Yavin, not a moon off Onderon. So okay. Yavin is a big gas planet, which is what in... Uh, gas giant. Yeah, it's what they're trying to get past to be able to use the Death Star to blow up the Rebel base. It's what they're waiting yeah, right. to pass. Onderon is the planet that we get in the Clone Wars where Saw Gerrera is from. That's where I'm getting confused. Okay. Right. There's your fact check. You'll know who Saw Gerrera is if you've seen Rogue One as well. So that's where he's from. So. <laughs> yes. It exists, but my fact is wrong. <laughs> there you go. Fact Carry checks. on. So Yavin 4 is the fourth moon of Yavin, I'm going to guess. How many moons does Yavin have? Fact check that while we continue talking about... <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> so oh, so we get that. the epic fight between Obi-Wan and stuff, and then we get onto the Millennium Falcon again, and we get an argument between Leia and Han, because Han's only in it for the money and stuff. Yeah. And I've never noticed how much of a fucking simp fucking Luke is before. <laughs> She's just there like, your friend's quite a good mercenary, I wonder if he cares about anything, and Luke's just like, oh, I care! I care about you a lot! Please, kiss me again! My sister! <laughs> fucking simp! Oh, man. Oh, no. It's quite sick, isn't it? Like, like they made that beginning, like that between Luke and Leia. It's quite sick. Oh, they're kissing for two films before they decided that they were siblings. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking behaviour. Make it out. Go on, Go Sam. on Sam. 26 moons. 26 moons? What? Holy crap! It's a lot of moons. Jesus. There you go. That must be a giant. I'm back for the podcast now. <laughs> done fact right, if you think about okay. having 26 moons, that must, like, they must never have a night time there. Because imagine they're bright, 26 moons are together. It's <laughs> basically enough of sunlight. Imagine Jeez. the tide. Well, it, it's a gas giant, isn't it? So, oh, well, so really living on there anyway. Stuff. Nobody's. <laughs> yeah. It's 26 world problems, that. Although, like, Bespin and uh, Cloud City is a gas giant as well, isn't it? They've made floating cities above the planet's surface. Yeah, they mine gas. Try and figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mining is in the Star Wars universe is just <laughs> we collect something. Ooh. 
Yeah. yeah. It's uh, like you can't farm water either, but they're fucking moisture farmers, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> While we were talking about Leia really quick, did you guys notice how strange everybody else pronounces Leia apart from Luke, Han, and Leia? Yeah, everyone's like, Leia, Leia, Leia. <laughs> Tarkin says Leia. Every, everyone in the Imperial Army says Leia. Princess Leia. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah, like everyone in the Imperium is meant to be like British though, aren't they? But even over here, like Leia is spelt different. <laughs> like yeah, that is Leia. Yeah. yeah, it's odd. It's very odd. That was actually the end of my notes for this whole film, you know? Okay. The rest of it I right. just enjoyed, so I'll let you take it. Right, what about Leia's outfit, right? So the whole white outfit, and then you go back to episode two, and Padme's got pretty much the same outfits on, like that kind of foreshadowing's cool. Like they, you, they yeah, wear the you same notice a lot of the female characters where white, it's a symbol of purity, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a cool little parallel, that, isn't it? Yeah. I noticed that, yeah, it's pretty cool. I just jumped straight to the trench run after that. Like, yeah, how cool cause... is that trench run? And like we yeah. said, like this is before CGI and everything. Mm. This is all done in cell animation with miniatures, bigotures, yeah. like actual explosions and everything. The amount of work that went into those films, like you see like films like especially Star Wars for in the seventies pushing those sort of boundaries with films. And then you had all the Jim yeah. Henson movies and that, you know, they're all like puppets or stop motion. Fantastic. And like you think of how much man hours went into them to make it every single detail look perfect. And now it's yeah. just, well, not easily done, but it's like so like easy to do, if you get what I mean, on the computer. Mm. Like mm. you don't have to go through all that effort. And But that's the magical thing about it. When you look back at them Star Wars films, it's cool when you see that. But then obviously now the remasters are taking the CGI over and that. Like, What would you prefer, you two? Would you like prefer just to have those movies as they were with no added CGI on it? Or would you rather have them now where there's a bit of CGI? The only bit of CGI that I like really is um, Bespin in Empire Strikes Back. Obviously, like beforehand, yeah. we had like matte paintings and stuff, which I love the way the matte paintings look and stuff. But other, like um, some of them, like they'll just run past plain white windows and stuff like that, yeah. or plain mm. like pa- painted clouds, and they've CGI'd a city in the background and stuff. I think that's right. the best use of CGI that they've used in these original trilogy. Other than that, yeah. I could do without it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really tough because I think a lot of the like you know how you've got like the models of like the ships and the star destroyers and stuff yeah. that you see them literally using when they film it and then yeah. they will chroma key it out and then put it in front of paintings and whatever. It, you get a massive nostalgia factor off that. But when I was watching this trilogy, I couldn't help but feel like I would really love to see it with proper CGI that we get now. There's yeah. a lot of scenes yeah. like that that feel like they could just be wicked if they were done in modern times. Like if, if could, we had them recreated like the beginning of the Last yeah. Jedi. I mean, we pretty much did in the Force Awakens. We got a modern trench run, didn't we? But <laughs> yeah. um, I just couldn't help but feel that there'd be so many cool parts. It's like the um, jumping ahead, but it's like the speeder sequence in Return of the Jedi in on Endor. Like, imagine mm. if you saw that now with yeah. what they are able to do now. You're never going to get that, and it's never going to be remastered into it, obviously. And I think people wouldn't... There's a lot of people that are pure about the original trilogy that don't want to ever see anything like that done with it. But I'd always think it'd be really interesting. It was a bit like we we skipped past it, um, but we talked to Matt Pearson about it last week, the the Vader-Obi-Wan battle that got... um, 
somebody an remade it. Yeah, someone remade it with um, Vader keyed out from Rogue One doing stuff in there, um, right. and then also just CGI'd it. Stunt like, and doubles just, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and just redid that as though it was a modern fight. And after seeing that, I just I totally love to see it. But I think that you watch these for nostalgia, so it's probably more more for that. So yeah, it, I would. Out, out I would of like to see it. That could be like redone better. Like obviously, the space fights would look like sick, like you said. Like like imagine like Revenge of the Sith or the Last Jedi with the the bombing run at the beginning and stuff like that. Imagine it looking yeah. like that. It would look fantastic, and it would be cool to see hours went into making these trench runs and stuff like that it's multiple different layers of keying out and stuff like that and i've actually got in my notes here have you noticed that r2d2 is black in these scenes because they keyed out the color blue so anything that was blue used to get keyed out so r2d2 all his blue panels are actually black in the trench run because if they were blue they would have keyed out and you would have seen like the trench behind it or stars behind it and stuff like that That's crazy. Oh, that's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, because the, what they used to do is they used to shoot all the miniatures on a blue screen and then they would obviously chroma key out the blue from yeah. the film. So then you would have one layer of film which is covering all the blue on the screen. So all you get on that plate is the X-Wing, say. And yeah. then the next one, they would just have the background, the miniature of the trench and stuff like that. And they would yeah. layer them on top of each other. So you ended up with like eight different layers just to chrome out different aspects of it so that you could have like the sky the three different ships and everything like that that's all those manners man it's crazy isn't it yeah yeah industrial that light and thing. magic must have the coolest warhammer tabletop table to <laughs> <shit> <laughs> no they have a star wars miniatures or now star wars legion it is now isn't it that's yeah. what they've got they don't have warhammer they play star wars legion recreating right, the battle s- of endor we can't forget the medal scene at the end before we finish off. Yeah, that yeah. hope. So I've got two things. So when they first land on the ground, Luke shouting "carry," <laughs> like instead of "layer." Yeah, like is. when they have a big hug, he, he shouts "carry" instead. <laughs> and then my next what? point was, "Where's Chewie's medal, you fuckers?" <laughs> when did, when does he shout "carry"? When he's landed after blowing up the Death Star. Yeah, when he gets yeah. out the X-Wing, like everyone runs around and celebrates and Leia's the first one there to congratulate him. And like she's like, Luke, and grabs him for a hug and he's like, Carrie! What, did he say, is that actually in the film? Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, oh, it that's in. one fact I didn't know yeah. about it, so cheers, guys. He, he I'll, says I'll, it's, he says it's so quick that like I never noticed it until it was pointed out to me. What? And then now I can't hear anything else. And then, yeah, the, the medal scene, like Chewie... Where's Chewie's medal? Oh. He got one. He got one in the end. Oh, that one. actually broke oh, my heart in the cinema when he gets Han's medal at the end. He's been through a lot, hasn't he? He's a bit like R2-D2 and C-3PO. He's been there since Revenge yeah. of the Sith, hasn't he? Yeah. So, well, he was he there before Revenge of the Sith. He's in Clone Wars as well, isn't he? Yeah, true. True, he is in yeah. the Clone Wars a bit. Watched yeah, all his race get taken out. Gets taken as a slave underneath mm. a, like a, a base. Is it the Empire's base or something like that? Yeah. It's like a trooper base, isn't it? Like a big trooper base. Becomes a slave yeah. there. Like, what the fuck, man? He's been through some yeah, shit. Yeah, the Wookiees get enslaved because they're one of the strongest races in the galaxy, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. That wraps up A New Hope. And we like to rate all of these between Star Wars and Star Wars. And I think we know how <laughs> these are all going to go for this trilogy. But what would you rate it? Star Wars being not a good Star Wars film or Star Wars being a great Star Wars film? Star Wars. There we go. 
Has to be. Sam? I'd be lynched if I didn't say Star Wars. Yeah, it's just Star but Wars all I'd, around. I'd say out of the three, this is probably the weakest of the three, in my opinion. I think this probably comes second on most people's list for the original trilogy, but that's just because it's the original and it's set up so much. Like, it is great, but at the same time, yeah. like, it was a clusterfuck of production as well. Like, it went under so many rewrites and re-edits and everything like this. Like, the film was almost so different. Like, we're lucky that we got Star Wars at all. Yeah, this was meant to be a bust, wasn't it? They didn't yeah, think yeah, it yeah. was going to do very well at all when it came out. I mean, mm. it's still great. It's still a Star Wars. So, on to Empire Strikes Back now. And the first thing, straight off the bat, we're at the Battle of Hoth. And damn, this is so much more cinematic. Like, you could tell that like people had faith in this film after the first one. Yeah. More Hoth-style ice planets. That's what I say. More <laughs> Starkiller Star Base wasn't enough. <laughs> less desert planets, more... Snow planets, that's what yeah. sounds. I think it's I awesome. I want more jungle planets, to be honest. Jungle-based stuff is the hardest kind of stuff to film in cinema. That's why they don't do as many. So, But yeah, I think uh, Hoth is like the coolest. It's the first time you get the Imperials look menacing, isn't it? Like, like they know they, what they're fucking doing. <laughs> yeah, considering they've just had the Death Star blown up, you've got them in that fucking humongous Star Destroyer, the yeah. executor or whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. that is questionably more menacing than a Death Star, I'd say. But then you land those 8080s down and it's just like so brutal. But yeah, I, I think this is like the best introduction out of all three. I think this beats Jabba's Palace. I think it beats yeah. the intro to A New Hope. I think it's just wicked. I think everything takes a massive step up, but that is because they shot it in a blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> this is all practical, essentially. If you watch Empire of Dreams, which is a documentary about like these original three films being made, yeah. like they literally sent out Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford into a blizzard that was happening to get like the distant shots of them and stuff like that. Like yeah. they were all in a nice warm hut type thing and these guys were out in an actual fucking blizzard <laughs> in like <laughs> Antarctic or fucking put foot nowhere. It's crazy, mm. isn't it? But right, there's one thing I want to say as well. Playing the new Star Wars game, it was so cool how they showed Kashyyyk in it. Because, like, that's gone up on my scale, like, in, in planets from Star Wars. Like, Kashyyyk yeah. is a beautiful yeah. planet when you go through it on the game, especially in the big trees. Battlefront well. 2 is just great. Yeah. Every depiction you get of Kashyyyk, you get it in the Knights of the Old Republic game, and it's just so much going on there. There's, yeah. like,. There's like Shadowlands to Kashyyyk. There's like all sorts of really cool stuff that they should like go into. But Wookiee stuff's dead interesting. I think we need the Lion King, but in Star Wars, and it's on Kashyyyk. (laughs) (laughs) With the Shadowlands. Fucking Mowgli in that, walking around. (laughs) No, that's Jungle Book, you silly bugger. Oh, it is. <laughs> we want Lion King. We want Simba. Yeah, I'll get mixed between them two. Chewbacca's the chosen one. It's all Disney. Isn't it? They'll chuck anyone in it now. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Hoth, how sick do the Tauntauns look? The things they ride on. Oh, they look so really good. Yeah. Those, the, yeah. Well, they're stop motion again. Them. I think the shots that you get of them further away are stop motion, aren't they? And then yeah. all the close up, it's like a puppet or whatever yeah. that they're, mm. they're yeah. using. But it looks wicked. And then you've got the Wampa. Yeah. The abominable snowman looking for nightmares of when I first watched this film. It was so this was such a scary bit of the film when I first watched it all those years ago that I had I couldn't watch this bit. I had to skip past it because just <laughs> it scared me. I love a horror like, movie. 
Yeah, that's it. Revenge <laughs> of the Wampa. Yeah, it's a horror movie. That, that's <laughs> so brutal, though. It's such a cool thing. How it's just oh, got yeah. blood all over its mouth. And... Like this film definitely like went a bit darker. Like this was like, oh, yeah. this, shit's getting serious in this film. Like <laughs> family drama, we got it. <laughs> Blo- a bloody abominable snowman, we got it. People losing limbs, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a guy in a suit. Yeah, it's a guy Man. in a suit, well, and it looks amazing. Well, Chewbacca's a guy in a suit with like individually threaded hairs, like yeah. But I'm going to say this. I'm just going to say this about the Chewbacca suit. Anything you get from a shot down looking up where he holds his arms up looks so weird because he's got like dead skinny arms, and it's like really like light fur, just like <laughs> yeah. You know, it's what I rubbed mean? off from him walking. Yeah, yeah. they find these people perfect for them characters though, in it. Oh, were well, you so a million foot tall? Can we put you in a furry yeah, suit? Can we put you in a... <laughs> and what about Warwick yeah. Davis's uh, constant appearance in all the Star Wars films as different characters? Uh, bro, That's like class, one little yeah. like thing as well. That's always the. Yeah. No, yeah, we'll get to his first that. appearance in the next one. Yeah, because like, that was his first appearance was Return of the Jedi, wasn't it? But mm. so we get Han Solo saving Luke and everything like that, and then yeah. again we have Princess Leia kissing her goddamn brother. Like, just to try and make him jealous. Like, the older I get and the more I watch this, I hate the way that Han treats Leia in the first half of this film. Like, he's proper, like, negging her. Like, he's proper, like, treating her like shit, just being like, oh, if you treat a woman like shit, you'll get her in the end. Like, you just gotta wear her down type thing. It's like, that shit would not fly today. (laughs) He's just, like, pretty rapey. Like, later on when they have, like, the kiss scene and stuff like that, she says no multiple times and he backs her into a corner. But, like, different time. It is a very different time. Like you've got to take people out to dinner now. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, you did back then, but (laughs) (laughs) like, like this was a real big problem with cinema and TV and stuff like that. Like the way that relationships were depicted in this sort of era was like, there's a lot of problems with it. That you see it all over the place. Like it gets compared to Cheers a lot and stuff like that. Like Mm. it is a problem that we probably shouldn't have been teaching young young children. Yeah, but there's a lot of snowflakes that I'll probably pick up on that. There's a lot of snowflakes. Up on it, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, it worked out in the end. Like, clearly she did love him and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. still not great nowadays. But you can't hide stuff like that. Like Sam said, like it's a thing of the time. It's like you can't hide stuff like that and racist yeah. depictions in Dumbo and stuff like that. Like You've got to admit that it happened. If you brush it under the carpet, you're just making it worse. Yeah, you're more ignorant to it. And just because we like to chat shit about how some stuff is a lot different now and how there's some things in Star Wars just kind of don't make sense. Like that, kissing your why, brother. Like kissing your brother <laughs> and your sister. <laughs> but uh, why didn't Luke just use his lightsaber as like a homing beam for Han to see him? Because you would see that through the snow. <laughs> there's like parts like in this where as I've got older and more cynical... I'm like, surely this guy must know if he just plants his lightsaber into the into the snow and switches it on that Han will see him and find him a lot 100%. quicker and he won't have to go inside of a tauntaun and eat shit yeah. inside of that for a bit. He's just had most of his face ripped off. Like, he's freezing to death. He's seeing ghosts. Like, I think the last thing he's thinking of is like, oh shit, I better light my lightsaber because he doesn't even know that Han's looking for him. That's what Ben should have told him to do. Light your lightsaber, yeah. you idiot. Yeah, you told him to, like, close his eyes and shoot the photon torpedo blind, but you won't tell him how to get saved. 
Do you know what would be hilarious, right, if like Luke comes out of that cave and he bumps into uh, Vince off um, Mighty Boosh in the Arctic Tundra? <laughs> <laughs> he bumps into the Mighty Boosh on the Arctic Tundra and he's like, hey, that's what you're doing here. With the wind as my only friend. <laughs> Mighty Boosh Star Wars crossover has to happen. Oh, let's fucking get it done. I'd love to see Noel Fielding in a Star Wars film. Jesus Christ, that'd be fucking hilarious. Hell. What alien race would he be? He'd definitely be his own race of somebody, wouldn't he? Like, he's not going to be human. He can't be. Yeah, I re- no, I reckon he would be like one of the vampire ones that you see for him, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, anyway. So so then we get, like, the kiss scene between them as well. The music in this is my favourite music in Star Wars, I think. Like, there's a reason it was the first song that was used in the Force Awakens trailer and everything. Like, this song slaps. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I saw this with a live orchestra, and there was, like, three times that I ended up welling up. First of all was when they first started blare in the fucking intro scene when the crawl started i was like holy shit this is a thing i'm seeing a live goddamn orchestra with empire strikes back it's fantastic and then when this hand of the princess starts playing so good i know sam went to see a new hope didn't you like seeing it with a live orchestra is like oh everything hits different was this at the low uh no it was at the manchester arena i saw oh yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Actually. Well, it, it makes you realise and appreciate how much music is dotted around in these films that even mm. when it's really quiet, how much you actually miss. Yeah. I noticed in these three films, there's a lot of music that's not like themes that really hits as well. Um, there's one like favourite bit that I'll get onto like, when we get right towards the end, but mm-hmm. yeah, it proper kills it, but it's what everything yeah. else was based off, isn't it? So yeah. it's... Yeah, this is the thing. Like, it's weird because like you realise how like the how important the music is within the movies, and it's the same with any movie ever made. Like, but most people don't think about that when they think of a movie and how it's made. They don't think about the music side of it. But when you realise yeah. how important that is, it's the same with horror movie. Like on our podcast, when we chat about like horrors and that, we always go on about the music because if if that wasn't there and that person didn't know exactly what they were doing, it would be completely like awful. Yeah, I mean, the Halloween theme's a perfect example, right? Yeah, exactly. It's so sinister. So yeah. I think I think a lot of, like, good music sometimes, like, blends into the background and it's more, like, it gives you a feeling without you notice it being there. Like Sam was yeah. saying, like, even in, like, the quiet moments of this film, there's music near enough throughout. Like, it made me realise when I saw it live, the scenes that didn't have any music in. Like, yeah. it was weird mm. when it didn't have any music and the orchestra, like, stopped for a minute. Yeah, and there's only weird. probably, like, four scenes in the entire thing that doesn't have any music and they're very short. Or, like, the scene will start off silent to create tension or something and then it'll swell the music in. I'm curious to what, what scenes were there, like, the quiet ones. I can't remember at the moment, but, like, yeah. there's a few moments where, like, it'll just sort of, like, cut out and it'll be mostly for dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah. And then it'll swell in or sound effects and stuff. I think in A New Hope it was bits where it was like um, Luke and Obi-Wan having a conversation and then when he like ignites the lightsaber for the first time there wasn't any music there. Um, But there was a lot of times when they were like 
on the Falcon and stuff that there'd be like a little stint of music and it'd yeah. be quiet and you wouldn't realise it's there. But because you're watching this orchestra start and stop all the time, you're really noticing it a lot more. Yeah. And I don't think they've done the Return of the Jedi one yet. No, that um, was meant to be this year. But obviously so that, that if you get if you get the chance to go, it's totally an experience. Yeah. Um, it's wicked, yeah. I think, I think we said really... we were going to try and go to see that one together. Probably. It's normally at the end of the year, it's a great way to end the year. Right. Also, if you have if you just generally like have the chance to go watch a film with like a whole bunch of people in a massive space who everyone who really likes that film, yeah. but the film's been out for a really long time. Me and Chris, like we're going off on a bit of a tangent, so I'll wrap it up really quick. But when we went to Star Wars celebration years ago, we went and watched we watched two films, didn't we? So we watched The Force Awakens And we watched A New Hope. And we watched A New Hope in right. the XL, London XL uh, convention space yeah. with, must have been like a thousand people. Yeah, probably in that room, yeah. in there. All dressed in cosplay, all dressed up with oh, lightsabers. Yeah, that's brilliant. Man, though. it's like you're watching the film for the first time again. If you just ever get a chance to do it or go in and watching it in like with a live orchestra or anything like that, can't stress how yeah. much you'd enjoy it it's we'll so talk good. about we'll talk about the force awakens on the next episode when we saw that at star wars celebration because that's already in my notes for that episode yeah like, yeah yeah because people around the world watch cinema different to the uk as well like in the uk you're silent unless like you're laughing or you're screaming or some or like something really cool happens then you might get a yeah. bit of like ooh, like but in america mm-hmm. like they are chanting they are like screaming like, like just they're like oh like when like a character appears or something like that well, and like that's what it's like seeing star wars with the group yeah. of fans like i remember when we went to see the force awakens the midnight premiere so you haven't had a star wars film in goddamn years yeah this is the force awakens the opening score hits and people started cheering and that was the first time i've ever experienced it in the uk cinema and it was fucking great i just want to stress we haven't finished hoth yet on empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing like hoth is like half an hour of this film and if we move on from hoth bounty hunters the introduction of the bounty hunters this is like this film's moment like the cantina where you see a load of new races and new robots and everything new new droids and these are like the nastiest of the nasty these guys mean business these guys are gonna vaporize remember no disintegrations this time and that's what you think until you've seen return of the jedi (laughs) (laughs) exactly how cool was that like seeing boba fett for the first time seeing Bosk and IG-88. I think they were wicked. I I think it's a shame that, obviously, Boba, you get a bit of Boba in the film, obviously, but it's a shame you didn't have a sequence where you see these bounty hunters trying to get Han, you know what I mean, and and the Falcon. It's a shame that you didn't see more of that, and it's only really Boba who managed to to find them because what you assume uh, the other bounty hunters so you are dengar ig88 bosk those three couldn't find the falcon you had the book faced robot as well i can't remember his yeah no nah, but yeah you, you, they never get it and bosk and dengar are super interesting and ig88 are all really yeah. interesting characters but um yeah i think it's a proper cool because you get the imperials as well in there being like bounty hunters why do they need bounty hunters mm-hmm. they won't find them or blah 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 you know being all pretentious and whatever yeah but yeah it is cool because you get like bosk's feet hanging over the edge and he's like he's like doing all his trandoshan uh, noises and yeah. stuff and he and 
it's wicked yeah, yeah i think well, it was really cool how they created those things as well like ig88 was like a last minute sort of like right okay let's build a guy out of a flask essentially <laughs> and he doesn't move because he's just like a little like robot frame so he's just sort of there in the background and i think it's um bosk's um spacesuit is a leftover prop from doctor who because obviously they shot him down in pinewood in london which is where a lot of doctor who was filmed so yeah it's a leftover prop from um doctor who and then they put the reptile face on it and stuff ig88's head was made out of um the cantina stuff wasn't it the um things in the background of the cantina from a new hope that's where that head comes from so you also get that same droid later on in on bespin as well you get another IG droid. They're assassin droids, really, aren't they? The coolest thing that's made between like the prequels and the OGs is like a Boba Fett and Jango Fett, like that sort of relationship and that crossover in between them. Yeah. I thought that was really cool and when yeah. they introduced him. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the best things they probably did was put um, the Django actor's voice over um, Boba Fett. I can't yeah. think. Yeah. His, I can't think of his name, but. Um, putting his voice in there. Aquaman's dad. Yeah, Aquaman's dad. <laughs> the, New- the New Zealand guy. <laughs> the only yeah, New I th- Zealand accent. I think I said this last time, but the more that I see of young Boba Fett, the more I hate Boba Fett. Like, Boba Fett's one of my favourite characters. Like, he's hardly in him, but he's such a cool design. Like, this was the first time we ever saw Mandalorian armour. And, yeah, like, true. a guy with a rocket pack and everything like that. Like, this guy captured the imagination of so many Star Wars fans again. Like, like what's a Mandalorian? Like, he's like the baddest ass bounty hunter in the yeah, universe yeah. or some shit. Like, but then you see like Boba Fett, and he's just so fucking annoying, yeah. and he absolutely eats ass in Return of the Jedi. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that a bad thing to say on a well, podcast? Well, he does like he does like fall into a <laughs> giant gaping asshole with teeth in it in the yeah. sand, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's got right. probably been the like the worst on-screen death you could ever have if you fell into a big asshole with spikes on yeah, it. Yeah, like <laughs> like like he's killed off so unceremoniously. Like he does nothing in that fight and he gets his jetpack like blasted and fucking he had the rule of cool he had it we need to get him into the sarlacc pit but he's got a jetpack so he should be able to fly out oh we'll just take out the jetpack and he'll fly him in okay so (laughs) vader at that point again chokes yet another person like i think he chokes like four different generals in this film Three or and four, just, and my note is Vader's going to run out of people to promote at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just choking people throughout this trilogy. Like, how do they have any troopers left? He's just fucking <clears throat> dead. Oh, no, you fail me once. I wonder how much they get paid. <laughs> danger money. Shit. Yeah, it is. It's proper danger money. Like, you don't want to be elected to be that guy. Like, they're all shit scared. <laughs> They've got a wife and family somewhere on an Imperial run planet somewhere. Yeah. Just there, like, When's daddy gonna come home? Oh, he just got choked <laughs> out by Vader. Never mind. Someone yeah, brings think... in like his shirt with his medals to his kid. <laughs> we haven't talked about Grandma Tarkin in any of these yet. Like he's cool. He's menacing. The CGI. So we've got is the really whole bit. Well. Oh, on Rogue One. Yeah, with his character. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it looks wicked. It looks wicked. Yeah. And again, there's a lot of bits like when they're escaping Hoth, and you get Vader. He makes the appearance with the snowtroopers when they're trying to blow the Falcon down. Yeah. I really wish that you had Rogue One moments in there. So this is coming back to when I said that I'd love to see a modern take on some scenes from these films. 
that I'd love to see Vader like grab the Falcon as it's like flying away, but then can't hold it or something, and like, yeah. or they manage to break free, or it's like the way that plays out in my head is Vader walks into the hangar, sees that it's getting away, Force grabs it. And then they just like he calculates a hyperspace and goes into hyperspace, like yeah, and escapes cool. that way. That'd yeah. just be like so wicked. Like I'd love to see that. Love to see it, but it's and somebody get it yeah. made for Sam now. Someone get it made for me. Right. Again, again, we're just pitching stuff to Disney now. Like give me and Sam <laughs> a budget, and we'll make some cool Star Wars shit. <laughs> Let me, me just Sam be the and David idea, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's be the idea, man. <laughs> we'll write your next Darth Vader VR experience. <laughs> That's the thing. Have any Have you... dire Star Wars fans ever got involved in any of the films? In, like, uh, like, Dave Filoni. In... <laughs> yeah, did Dave you... Filoni so... that makes uh, the Clone Wars and he directs a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. Like That guy is the biggest Star Wars nerd you will ever yeah. meet. So he, he probably pitched it to them. like He was like a big, massive Star Wars nerd and he just pitched that idea to them and sold it. Dave Filoni was taken on for the original Clone Wars series when it yeah. came round, and he thought when he had the phone call from Lucasfilm to recruit him for the job, yeah, he thought he was getting pranked called by somebody else at Nickelodeon where he was working. Yeah, because he was it? working he- on the Last Airbender, and he thought it was the SpongeBob team trying to fuck <laughs> with him. <laughs> he literally, throughout the whole phone interview, was like, "Yeah, all right, yeah." So jo- Luke George really wants to speak to me. Yeah, all right, okay. We'll schedule the interview for this day, and then he says at the end of it, "Who put you up to this?" And the the person from Lucasfilms on the other end, like, "Excuse me, like what?" <laughs> As if, and then like, he has the right yeah. guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I think I think everyone is now. I think anybody that gets involved with Star Wars now, like from a directing or an acting point of view, is pretty much going to be a fan. Well, it's um, massive, isn't it? J.J. Abrams, like his mentors in filmmaking were George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Like his first job in Hollywood was archiving footage for Steven Spielberg. Mm, that's mad. That Didn't that's crazy. That. So to move on, because we do need to talk about uh, another film and a half, that film in a bit. <laughs> um, I think the next bit that we get after this is Luke goes to Dagobah, yep. where we meet Yoda, and Yoda is yep. batshit insane in this Woo! film. Crazy. <laughs> he's actually, I'd say almost, he's your favourite character with a certain parody, isn't it, Matty? Oh, yeah. He hates those seagulls. <laughs> That's what yeah, I was trying to reference really there, the seagulls. bad lip sync. Yeah. yeah. Bad Brilliant. lip reading, so fucking good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally when he falls over where Luke's like holding him up on his feet and he does these eyes or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. all I can think of. <laughs> all I can think of. So oh, it's so good. So but what good. did what do you think about the Yoda stuff in this after what we because we obviously just watched one two and three it's yeah. a very 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 different Yoda that we get obviously I reckon he's gone a bit loopy because he's been on Dagobah for so long yeah but what are thoughts on Yoda in this <laughs> he's been in isolation that's why oh, yeah. <laughs> we're all Is becoming it... crazy Yoda at the moment <laughs> but would Obi Wan be the same though because he's just been on his own as well. No, because he's been interacting with like regular life forms on yeah, oh yeah, uh, true, Tatooine, yeah. whereas on Dagobah yeah. he's just surrounded by bugs and snakes. Yeah, <laughs> seagulls. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, and the seagulls. Yeah, if, if you actually Somewhere. if you actually notice, like 
in the original version of that as well, like there's just like iguanas, <laughs> like they've been, like <laughs> huge, like earth reptiles and bugs all over the place. That's just a spider. That's just an iguana. <laughs> That's just a python hanging from a tree. Are you sure he's not on Earth, just in a jungle somewhere? <laughs> That's he's just he in the Amazon rainforest. Is all it is. Yeah. So, like, I yeah. thought this was pretty cool in Mandalorian when they introduced the baby order. Because you've never seen his race before, apart from him. Pretty cool, because you're like, hang on a second. You had, Is that you had the female him? version of him on the Jedi Council in Episode 1 as well. Yeah, it's one of those if you blink, you miss it moments. But I'll in even Phantom see that. Menace... Yeah, really? in the Phantom Menace on the Jedi Council, there's another Yoda that's a female version. Yeah, what happened to her? What? What? what, happened? Yeah, what well, what, she's what not on the she? Council anymore, is yeah. she? So. Order sixty six happened to her. So she was Far gone by episode early. two. Then you don't see her in episode two. No, no she's no. not on the Council at that point. Oh, you need to get on Wikipedia she... for that. Yeah, she has actually got a name on Wikipedia. Yeah, it is a, she had a, a she had a comic book about her in like the early two thousands or something. Right, interesting. Interesting. Never knew. Yeah. Anyway, back to Empire Strikes Back because, like you said, we've still got another whole film to talk about <laughs> after this. Okay, Cloud City. You get the introduction of the smoothest man in the galaxy, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, you get I him like betraying Lando. the Brilliant team. Yeah. Can we trust him or not? Like he is a proper scoundrel at that point. He's definitely being a lot more charming towards Leia than Han is at this point. <laughs> Oh yeah, and this well, is where this is where you get solos added like quite a bit of value to these interactions. Yeah, so I was just stuff, about to you... say, yeah, Charlie Gambino did such a good job. <sighs> Donald Glover, yeah. fantastic. But Billy D. Williams, the original Lando Calrissian, like yeah. you're not getting you're not getting Donald Glover's performance without Billy D. Williams being the smoothest guy oh, in no. Hollywood. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But you got to see a lot of like Lando Calrissian's personality though, so you know why he's like that. In the yeah. in the OG films, because obviously you yeah. see the whole car trick that I tries to pull on Han Solo, and then obviously Han Solo tricks him back at the end and wins his Millennium Falcon. But that, that, those sort back. of little things, yeah, it does help you build on that relationship that they have in this film as well. Yeah. You appreciate him Definitely. a lot more, I think. That's that's what that's one yeah. thing they did cool. Yeah, so, and it, I think it helps with that little bit because he he betrays him a little bit in this film because he makes yeah. a deal with the Empire. And it kind of makes you realise that that's the kind of person he is. Because when you look at what some of the stuff he does in Solo, it is quite—it can yeah. be quite questionable. Um, there's a lot of tie-ins that Solo does to the original trilogy. To be fair, because mm-hmm. I think in this you get him talk about the the Falcons got like a weird um, voice, like it talks to C-3PO weird or something. He was like, I don't know what the computer you have on this, but that's because that droid from. Yeah. Um, L337 or whatever it is, yeah. uh, Leet or whatever, um, from Solo is the brain of the Falcon, yeah. which is an interesting little tie-in as well. This led to like the coolest interaction, I think, one of the coolest lines of dialogue in this film as well, when he's about to be frozen in carbonite, and you get yeah. the, I love you, I know, and then he just goes down, and like... Yeah. A lot of people are just there, like, that's a little bit cold and, like, a bit brash of him, but, like, uh, the way I always took that was, like, if he in that moment said, like, I love you back, then, like, she's going to be devastated in that moment. But the fact that he just says, like, I know, first of all, he's cool, he's just there, like, 
I know you do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's playing off like the relationship, the back and forth that they've had and stuff like that. But yeah. also, like, I feel like he's consciously like not creating that over attachment so that she's not like distraught when he goes in. Like, she'll still focus on everything. Watching these back made me realize that I think I like Han more of a character than what I like Luke in the original trilogy. Defo. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's why I always thought, like, growing up, like Han's always been my favorite character from this trilogy. Well, I'll probably say Princess Leia is my favorite character than Han now. Yeah. But that's as I've grown up. When I was a kid, I was just like, fucking Han Solo's a baller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's the coolest man in the galaxy. No, I grew up thinking uh, Jar Jar Binks was awesome. <laughs> we all grew up thinking Jar Jar Binks was awesome. <laughs> it's controversial. Yeah. It's controversial. controversial. Then we hit like 30 and then we were like, Jar Jar Binks is a fuckwit. <laughs> yeah. And then as we've got older, we're like, okay, we get it. He was for kids. We're not kids anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we just appreciate the fact that Lando totally order 66's Lobot, who's the bald guy with the computer in his head? Yep. He, like, flicks a little thing on his wrist and then Lobot yeah. just, like, activates and, like, betrays him. <laughs> it's, like, awesome. Yeah. There's so um, many, like, little side characters in Star Wars that are wicked that are yeah. just, like, you just need yeah. to know more about. Like, it's, like... Yeah. If that was any other film, you wouldn't know the name of that character, but because it's Star Wars, no. he's called Lobot and everybody knows that. <laughs> and yeah. he's he's had his own stories in the expanded universe and stuff. Like yeah. anyone that appears on screen in these films has got something about them somewhere. <laughs> it's what makes the universe feel lived in. Right. Luke versus Darth Vader fight. Ooh. Talk to me, guys. That? Talk to me. Is this the best lightsaber fight that we have in this trilogy? Oh. <laughs> we only we only have two, so you got Ben and Vader and then you've got Luke and Vader. Vader's a lot more aggressive in this, in this versus what he is in A New Hope. With the yeah. lightsaber fighting, and he, yeah. um, but it, yeah, I don't know. I think the lightsaber fights. It's not about the lightsaber fights. It's about all the interactions in between. Yeah, isn't it? It's like well, the whole stuff where he's trying to convert Luke, and obviously the scene yeah. on the edge. It's like you don't you don't come to the original trilogy for the lightsaber fights. You come for the story, don't yeah. you? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I think that's what makes this fight so impactful. Like you said, is because you have those story beats throughout it. Like, first of all, like that first shot of them squaring up looks so cool. Like, you've got the like the really dark blues and the orange glowing lights and the steam everywhere, and then you get the lightsabers igniting, yeah. and crossing over for the first time. That looks so cool. And then, like, like you said, the fight is just progressing and progressing and progressing. It's visual storytelling at the end of the day. Like, Luke is literally pushed to the edge. He's literally got nowhere else to run. Yeah, and they're just in that moment, and you get the no, I am your father. You know it to be true. That's a massive twist. That imagine watching that for the first time, like again, and just like seeing that big twist in between that. Obviously, actually, like we kind of knew-ish where it was heading, who was going to be Darth Vader and stuff. But do you know what I mean when we watched it, but back in the seventies when they watched it for the first time, that's like one of those moments where you sat in the cinema and you're like. Fuck off. You can go back and watch cinema reactions to people yeah. with that, and people freak out, man. It's so good. So yeah. good. Imagine finding that out. That's like, oh. Being there in that moment, and uh, because like it was just like a thing that you grew up knowing, like whether you had seen Star Wars or not, our generation grew up knowing that Darth Vader was Luke's dad. And like everybody yeah. quotes it wrong, it's just like Luke, I am your father. That's not the quote. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> just knew it. Everybody just knew that there's certain facts in life that you know, like you 
you're born and you know how to breathe and you know that Darth Vader is Luke's father. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a shame that our generation, the equivalent we got was Snoke telling Kylo Ren that Hans is dad and then we got Rey as a Palpatine and that's going to be our equivalent (laughs) of that. And it hurts. Where are we going from that? Here we go. What is it with the obsession with this original trilogy and hands and, well, Star Wars in general and people's hands getting cut off? Like, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, George Lucas was like, okay, we're cutting hands off in Empire Strikes Back, so every single one of the prequels is going to have some sort of dismemberment to it. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then it literally gets fixed with a human hand 15 minutes later, yeah. and there's no, you know, it's one of them. He's lost a part of himself. It was cool in the cinema for him to lose his hand. It was a reason why you were so, like, fucked yeah. at the end of the film. You know well, what I mean? So. <laughs> well, that's what I've got on here as well. Following on from Obi-Wan's lead in Attack of the Clones, we've got Luke just yeeting himself <laughs> off the side of the cloud. Like, how, he doesn't know how Cloud City's, like, formed. He doesn't know if there's going to be a tunnel there that's just going to toss him down towards the gas emptiness below him or whether he's going to get caught in a service pipe or something like that. He just fucking tosses himself off. That's hey. it. That's the end. That's the end of Star Wars. Oh, Just yeet. Just off again. Darth Vader never has his redemption. Actually, he probably would because, like, they did the what if storylines, didn't they, with the comic books? So, like, they did a what if after each of these three films. What oh, if things cool. had gone differently? So, what if Luke either went to the dark side? or died in this, and Leia then went to train with Yoda after that. That's what Marvel said happened back when Marvel Mm. used to make the comic books for this back in the 80s. There's an interesting bit where Luke leaves Dagobah and Yoda and Obi-Wan have a conversation, like have a really quick conversation and say, Yoda says, even if he's not the one, there is another. Yeah. And it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Now, when you think back mm. at the time, you're going to think, yeah, it's going to be Leia, in it? It's his sister. He, he knows there's another one. Yeah. But in hindsight, now that we've had the, the sequel trilogy, I wonder maybe is Yoda referring to Rey very much in the future? Possibly. That's, fucking hell, man. That's thinking deep into it, that. It's thinking <laughs> it's deep. Possible, it's thinking though. deep. It's thinking <laughs> deep, but there is a prophecy. See, I still think that he's talked about see my thing i've got one of these points on here for return of the jedi was he maybe still talking about vader because that's my question we'll get to during return of the jedi i'll ask you guys the follow-up question from that but that that is an interesting thing that we need to think of just to round off this film i've put i'm getting sick and tired of how c3po is talking to (laughs) rt2 like he's being a real prick to him (laughs) he's just being a sassy little bitch to him and then i've got so leia has literally just confessed her love to han then he's been frozen in carbonite, and then she just straight up mouth kisses her brother. <laughs> like, he's lay there on the bed, and, like, Lando's like, Leia. So she's like, okay, big old kiss, all right, BRB, you take care of yourself, missing the hand and all that while I go speak to Lando. You've literally, five minutes earlier, confessed your love to this man, and then you're kissing someone. <laughs> you're just, like, straight up mouth kissing your brother. And yeah. also, like, she says in Return of the Jedi, somehow she always knew that, like, they were related. So why are you kissing him? But she decided to give it a go anyway. <laughs> dirty, like, I know, dirty. Like, I, know, I know, like, the internet's, like, got a weird thing for step-siblings nowadays, but these guys are literal siblings. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. Right. Anything else for Empire Strikes Back that people want to say? 
No, have you got anything else to say, Matty? No, I'm happy getting on to um, the next point. Before that, before that. The tried and true. We have to do the Star Wars our Star Wars, even though we all know what this is going to be. Right. Is it Star Wars or Star Balls for you, Matty? The, the second one? Yes. Star Balls. Really? You don't like Empire Strikes Back? It's good. I don't like it. I love <gasps> it. You know I love it. Controversy! <laughs> but you're going to say this is the worst out of the trilogy? Right. So you're giving it a Star Wars? No, 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 I don't know, right? Because now you're going back to what you guys said before. Because number Explain four, explain yourself. Set, right, num- number four sets it all up, and you get introduced to all these different like worlds and everything like that, and you get, you know, what I mean, you fall in love with the soundtrack and everything, and then it's the original. I mean, that's what I mean. It's the original. You've got that against that, right? I think if you took that whole like that whole sort of like it's the original thing off it, and everything that came with it. If you forgot about like which one was introduced first, then that obviously that'll probably last. But in retrospect, looking at it, it no, number four is my second. Okay, That's fair. So it's an interesting Star Balls for Empire Strikes Back. Right, Sam, what I, are I you saying? I don't want to say Star Balls, but I think like I have to just choose it for this one. Or else I'd say Star. Like, was it Star Wars for all of them? <laughs> Star Wars is a good. Star Balls is a bad. Like. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you can still say it's a Star show. Wars, it's just not, yeah. yeah. No, it is a sta- Controversy, it is a, that's what we like on this podcast, right. bold it statements. Is, it is a Star Wars, but if you, like, I've, I feel like I've got to like, vote a Star Balls in one of them. So, so it, has to be what that. you're saying is, in the grand scheme of Star Wars as a nine-picture thing, it's a Star Wars, but in this trilogy for you, it's a Star Wars. Yeah. It's the worst one out of the three for you. Yeah. Okay. Sam, what is it for you? Star Wars, this is the best in the trilogy for yeah, me. So, yeah, it's Sam Butler. Star Wars for me as well, it's the best in the trilogy. <laughs> What's your worst? Well, we'll me, get to that uh, at the end. We'll get to the definitive yeah. ranking. Well, we're ranking them as we go along, I've just we? told you my yeah. ranking. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're ranking them as we go along. So I'd say mine is, my, my favourite is Empire Strikes Back, and yeah. then my least favourite is A New Hope. See, I always struggle with second and third. Like, when I was a kid, Return of the Jedi was my favourite. Like, because it had, like, the Ewoks and stuff like that and the cool Jabba's Palace and stuff like that. And then as soon as I hit, like, 50 and I was like, no, Empire Strikes Back is the best. That's how it is. And now I can't decide which one is third and second between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Because yeah. A New Hope is the original. Like, that was Star Wars. Before that's, it was A New Hope, saying. it was Star Wars. So I, I, I think I would probably put A New Hope second just because of what it did. Fair enough. So I agree with your methodology for that, Matt, but yeah. I would definitely say that Empire should be number one and Return yeah. of the Jedi should be number three. <laughs> like, if you're arguing which is better between Empire and Return of the Jedi, like, Return of the Jedi has a 40-minute segment at the beginning, which is Jabba's Palace, which led to Boba Fett just getting yeeted into a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> it's like, so, I agree with what you're saying, Matty, but you're wrong. <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion, you're fine, sorry but you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry it's a terrible opinion, but you're entitled to have it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to get killed for that, Anna, as soon as this, this goes out. 
<laughs> we won't kill you. The internet might do, though. Guests are safe on this. You podcast, might find that an earful podcast has some bad reviews after this, and people are just saying, "I heard him. I heard him on Get Real. I heard him on Get Real, and he says he doesn't like Empire Strikes Back, so I'm downvoting his podcast." <laughs> That's going to be Chris leaving you the review. Nobody else. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I've already left a good review on it. Don't worry. Anyway, anyway Return, Return of the, of the Jedi. Jedi. We're Return in sync, Sam. So we've. So we've pretty much already spoken about... I was surprised how fast this film moved. Like, before I knew it, we were already on Endor. So there's well, not that's actually the thing, because it's like the first. I think it's like the first 35 minutes, 40 minutes of this are all on Tatooine, dealing with yeah. Jabba stuff. And, like, that seems bizarrely long, because, like you said, it goes so fast. Yeah, yeah. I always thought Endor was a lot longer. It was like quite surprising how quickly Luke was in front of the Emperor. That yeah. that was the bit for me which I always remembered that being right at the end of the film. But yeah. it was a while ago since I watched Return of the Jedi in full. So yeah, I mean we had a re- we have a really cool Vader intro in this. I really liked the Vader intro. Plus he looked awesome in this because he's in the imperial hangar and it's like vader looking awesome right you get the emperor coming in which is cool but yeah i think the practical effects look wicked in this that's my first takeaway like everything in terms of the java's palace looks awesome um the rancor looks amazing so So good touch on the rancor that's like the main features that you've got of the Jabba scene is the rancor bit i'd say uh, and then you've got the barge where you have the Sarlacc pit. They're like the two standouts. Yeah, Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Slave Leia. Slave Leia. <laughs> that just awoke a thousand horny geeks. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that's all that did. Like, <laughs> and you nearly skipped it, Sam. I didn't nearly skip it. I was just saying that. <laughs> all right. That okay. So, it. so we did it. it for the cantina. Do you want to name the different characters inside of the Jabba's palace? I don't think we have time. (laughs) Right, okay. I just really quickly want to talk about Max Rebo then. Because Max Rebo is the coolest little blue guy in the entire Star Wars galaxy. (laughs) Like, that band is so cool. And Salacious Crumb is a little shit. I won't lie, though. They got the real short end of the stick in terms of the remasters for this musical bit. Because if I was a Star Wars fan... And this this is like the Canto Bites for me of the original series. Like, just the whole <laughs> the musical music bit. Scene, yeah. The music bit is just like... That's, it's, not, it's not Star Wars. For me, that's not Star Wars. It's just so out of place. My notes are, I bet Star Wars fans were like, what the fuck, <laughs> when they saw this remaster. Because I yeah. think it's just not in there in the original cut, isn't it? No, they it's cut it not, out. So it's you see there. the band playing, but you don't have like the full musical number and dance scene and everything. Yeah, it's just nuts. It's like a popular artist doing half of a song on a talk show in America. That's what it's like. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, yeah. For it's me, like that, the tacked yeah. on bit at the end of SNL where Kanye West is doing a, doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. But it's some crazy half Rodian, half just bizarre a- alien that gets yeah. more of an arc in the Clone Wars TV series. Yeah, it's like, she's what? in love with uh, Zero the Hutt, isn't she? Because I think in the original it was just Ula doing the dance and then she's trying to get off the chain, isn't she? And she gets thrown into the Sarlacc pit. Ula is the green Twi'lek that gets ate by the Rancor, by the way. 
Yes, yeah, that Chris right. is talking about. Yeah. Well, the Rancor's cool. The Rancor is so cool. And then you get, like, the fat Rancor handler coming out at the end, like, sobbing over the dead body. It's like, yeah. no, my pet! Yeah. The Rancor scene's awesome. I remember that being so menacing when I first watched it. And I was like, it's a bit like the Wampa, but for me, yeah. not as scary as the Wampa. The, you've got, um, why, yeah, but... you got Bib Fortuna as well. Like, the guy with, like, the long tentacle scarf thing that's his hair and his first introduction is Yoana Wanga (laughs) (laughs) Jabba's Palace is like one of those iconic scenes though isn't it just the creatures it was that world building again of so many different races obviously Gamorrean Guard can't forget about them I forgot how disgusting they were in yeah proper disgusting in this film forgot how gross they were also Mm. Luke just force chokes them did you notice that Luke yeah, force chokes now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that no, force choke is dark side. Well, <laughs> You're not meant to use the force to kill people unless it's out of self defense. That wasn't self defense. Yeah. He just fucking choked him against the wall. I'm what? coming in, bitches. There's no, there's no. I know, but yeah, there's no Jedi Order here to tell him what he can and can't yeah. do, as we found out in episode one, two, and three. He can just grant himself the rank of master. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna say no. He's the last Jedi, isn't he? He can sit on whatever council he wants. He is the council. <laughs> I am the council. <laughs> yeah, just to go back onto Force Ghost, right? Do you reckon, like, when he saw the Force Ghost of, like, Anakin, like, well, Darth Vader as Anakin, do you not think he just would have thought in his head, like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, because I mean, he only <laughs> sees <laughs> you know what I mean? He's smiling at the Force Ghost when he sees them all, like, Ben Kenobi and Yoda, and then Anakin's just standing yeah. there and he's like, I've never fucking seen you before. <laughs> he's like, Ben. Yoda. Uh, that? Just some random dude waving. <laughs> right, right. I'll ask you this question now while we're talking about it. We don't need to cover it at the end. I was like, what did you think of the CG inclusion of Hayden Christensen? Because it's meant yes. to be, the Force Ghost is meant to be them at the prime of being a Jedi, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And he was a prime of, of being a Jedi, it, although it was questionably just before he became a Sith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was but, his Revenge of the Sith heir, wasn't it? But you can't yeah. have old man vader because old man vader was a sith so or was he (laughs) but you say anakin skywalker you you think of hayden christensen don't you you don't think of anybody else also yeah it's fine so like that like that makes sense like that was the one bit of cgi in this film that i liked i was like "Yeah, yeah okay put him in like that makes sense so the other thing that i noticed during this scene is like when the three of them pop up like Luke and Leia are hugging it out, like looking at the Force Ghost. It's like, see, like Leia's Force sensitive. Like we yeah. know everything, but then like they have like a lingering stare, and the faces are way too close. And it's like, did they shoot an ending where she wasn't his sister, and they just made out because they look <laughs> like they're about to make out again? And at this point, they've both had the conversation where you're my sister, and they still look like they're about to make out. Yeah, <laughs> stop making out, re- your brother. My favorite thing is just Han's reaction to it. Honestly, it's just so perfect. Wait, you you two have been making out for three films. I know, that's literally what he's thinking. And then he has that moment where he's like, oh, that means you're available. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you do like me. Okay. We've missed out half a film to get to this point, guys. But I need to say strong words about Boba Fett. This is just... 
it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It's so unceremonial for him. The, the first bits of action he gets, he gets his blaster cut off, he gets his jetpack set off when he doesn't mean to, he flies into the side of the barge, yeah. and then falls and gets eaten by a Sarlacc. That's it, he's done. But That's it. Done. Expanded universe, does he escape or not? <laughs> well, this is this was a question that I had for the end, but I'll ask it you now, Matty. Do you reckon Boba Fett will come back and he survived being ate by the Sarlacc pit, or do you think he's dead for good? Well, obviously, the only place he can come back is Mandalorian. Oh, and obviously he was yeah, but if they brought him back, it would in make sense in the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah, mm. um, there were a lot of rumours that he'd be back in the Mandalorian. He'd be like a bit like what Grief Karga, who is. Um, like his mentor character or whatever, yeah. would be a bit like what he is, but I'm assuming like, that he, How he's would you not survive that? Appearance. How would you survive that death? You know well, I mean? You're getting chewed up. It's not like Darth Maul when Darth Maul gets chopped in half and he comes back with his like spider legs. Like this guy's getting chewed the fuck up by this asshole in the ground. Like, yeah, but apparently it takes a thousand years for them to digest you, so you need to think. Like, as soon as you're in there, you're not dying straight away. You're getting a bit cut up by the teeth on the way down, but he's got Mandalorian yeah. armour, which is pretty much impenetrable by <clears> anything. <throat> it can reflect so, lightsabers. So to well, put a bit of extended point. universe, drop a bit of extended universe knowledge on you, there is a story arc where somebody gets Boba Fett's armour from the Sarlacc pit, and then Boba Fett comes back to reclaim it, but it's not canon anymore. Yeah. So that was a story, but... What was that? Because apparently there's like different chambers. I can't tell you. There there was a there's a character's name, but I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head. But it it was a comic book. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a comic book. Yeah, it's a comic series. Yeah. Bloody hell! They bring everyone back if they can. If you don't see him die, like like yeah, on 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 the screen, see him burn on a pyre. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or evaporate. Even getting cut in half, is that enough? I know, that's what I mean. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, yeah. if you die by a lightsaber, then, like, it's super hot, isn't it? It just cauterizes the wound as soon as it goes through, so... Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Like, it unless stops you, the bleeding. Or unless your last name ends with Palpatine, in which case, literally, you can come back from anything. Yeah, you just clone yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, have backup clones ready just, to go. Yeah, you just Darth Plagueis yourself into someone else. After my Boba is literally useless, I've got Leia kills Jabba, and then I've just got um, yeah the the Emperor. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I've got after that, like he goes back to Dagobah, doesn't he? And we get the death of Yoda, but yeah. we have the whole yeah. conversation with him and Yoda where he's like, "There is another." You've got a sister, and he instantly is just there, like, oh, it's Leia. I sensed it in the Force. I was like, yeah. You didn't fucking sense it when you were fucking locking lips with her, were you? <laughs> you had your fucking tonsils in each other's yeah. mouth. You didn't fucking sense jack shit, did you? <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not illegal on Tatooine to date your sister, apparently. <laughs> it's a shame they never trained Leia up. Well, Luke does, doesn't he? The bit you get in Rise of Skywalker where you see a little bit of that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, it's pretty wicked. Um, there are yeah. also extended universe things um, where what if he took Leia with him and she trained with Yoda and he didn't die yeah. and then the two of them go to fight Darth Vader and Palpatine. They've right. done that as mm-hmm. well. So all these questions that you're asking, Matt, there's plenty of comic books out there and I know you like comic books, so I, love comic I think books, you need yeah. to do some searching. Yeah, that's crazy. 
You need to create an Amazon wish list. That's what you need to do. <laughs> comic Mate, series. You should you see how much comic books I've got in here. And like, I've just got too many to read at the moment. Anyway, we get to Endor. You see the Emperor arrive, and it's the first time you see the Emperor in as an actor in All person on this. Well, yeah. But isn't it wicked how much of a comparison you make between not just the look but the voice between this emperor and Ian McDermott's emperor from episode one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so good. That was another bit of CGI replacement. They actually got Ian McDermott to do the Emperor for the, the hologram the in episode one. Yeah. Instead of yeah. they had like a weird The original Emperor in that scene was actually a woman with prosthetics on her face. Oh, in the original crazy. hologram. And she had like the weird, like circular eye popping out type thing, didn't she? Almost looks yeah. a bit more like Snoke, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they replaced that with Ian McDermott because he was that good at it that they were just able to seamlessly put him into the original trilogy. And a lot of people didn't notice because they forgot what the original Emperor looked like in episode yeah. Yeah, four. It was almost like a little bit chilled out from Revenge of the Sith look, wasn't it? It was like, it, yeah. yeah. I just think it, I think that's like such a good consistent character like it, it's just so perfect yeah. just the way that evolves like you could that could be the same actor all the way through yeah. all of all of the Easy. iterations of the emperor yeah yeah rewatching these after prequels as well i kind of wish that we had a bit more it's the same as with the sequels as well we had a bit more emperor instead of him just popping up in the third film and we went to like think that like this menacing guy's been behind it all if like you sowed the seeds just a little bit more yeah, yeah. I mean, the other argument of that is that because you don't see him a lot, I suppose it's more interesting that you think like Vader's the big bad, and then you think Snoke's the big bad, and you think Count Dooku's the big bad. But although you watch that and think they are, that you're you're wrong pretty much the whole way through. It's this guy who keeps appearing every now and then. Mm. I think I always described him as like the puppet master pulling all the strings in between of all the bad guys yeah. that we get. So even though they're front and centre and he is this guy that pops up all the time, that's the way it's meant to be because yeah. you want to see it from the good guy's perspective where they are the bad guys, but they're just being manipulated and all part of the bigger yeah. plan. I would kind of want him to see like yeah. him keeping Vader on a bit more of a leash like you see a couple times, maybe just a little bit more of that, just so that like you kind of expected like this mega villain in the third one. But you oh, had yeah. Anakin on the leash in the prequels. Like, the yeah. way he directs everything to make Anakin be more, like, hateful and, like, resentful and stuff, it's just crazy. The only place I wish we saw more of him was The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I think you either didn't have the Emperor at all, or yeah. you had him as the bad guy from 7, 8, and 9. You had him there manipulating everyone. Yeah. But that's thoughts for the sequel trilogy, at, le- at least maybe get some, like drops some hints further through the sequels but we'll talk about that the emperor's back yeah (laughs) yeah we find out the emperor's back in Fortnite. yeah cool thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) right is is, it is a quick one right i know it's a little bit of a tangent but like what about the whole emperor thing being being trained by death plagueis and all that sort of stuff like, what's your thoughts on that? I'm a massive fan of Knights of the Old Republic, yeah. which is heavily based on 
Darth Revan and lots of Sith Lords. And there's a part in that game where you go to Korriban, where you go to Sith training, and yeah. there's tombs of ancient Sith Lords. I think the whole Sith Lord stuff that you get is wicked. So I think anything that builds that story arc more. Yeah. So you bring Darth Plagueis in, and this is a this is this ancient Sith Lord that trained Sidious and. You know, he had all this knowledge and stuff. And I thought it was a real shame that we didn't have a Plagueis tie-in with Snoke because I thought, I thought that, that was would going have to been happen. perfect. That was yeah. all mine and Sam's theories. Yeah, yeah. I thought and that, that was going to happen. You know what? That would have been more perfect than the Emperor, that it could have been his master survived yeah. the story that you get in Revenge of the Sith where he killed his master. Yeah. But... He did. He he manipulated the whole thing. He survived that. That would have been so cool. Um, well, they say he yeah, was like more, the most powerful one. So if he was the most powerful, he could trick him into thinking he's dead. Darth Plagueis learned eternal life, but one of the ways that it's depicted in the expanded universe is him basically imparting his soul onto the next host of him. Essentially, right? We were saying it's just like if he put his soul into Palpatine, like he didn't actually kill him; he transferred yeah. into him, type thing, right? So he killed his former body and stuff like that. And he just keeps doing that down the line. So he's which always is, Darth Plagueis. He's always the villain. Which yeah. is questionably what he was trying to do in Rise of Skywalker yeah. at the end of that. So that's the story for, for then, I suppose. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll do an episode just about our Plagueis theories that never came true. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go off Plagueis, something's just popped into my head, right? Go ahead. Who do you think is Luke's dad through the midichlorians so they said that plagueis could make life through the midichlorians right did he did he make luke sorry did he make anakin or did the emperor make anakin so we blown matt pearson's brain with this last week so he didn't know this either there is a comic panel yeah where it only happened last year where palpatine is using the force to put and use midichlorians to put a baby inside of shmi skywalker so palpatine wait there's a scene there's a scene of this happening there is a comic book panel of this happening in the darth vader comic book last year so yes you're, you're you're correct it wasn't plagueis but palpatine orchestrated everything from the phantom menace man you could say Boom. he was the author of all his pain. Shit, man. Yep. There you go. So this is it. He had the power to create life. You learnt that. And so, take yeah. life. And take it. And yeah. transfer life. So, <laughs> well. I wonder, I, I, I need to talk about it now before I forget about it. Palpatine says to Luke a few times, strike me down, take your lightsaber, strike me down. He wanted a new host body. I wonder if that's what he was trying to do, like what he was doing in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. When you think about it yeah. that way, you imagine that's, Vader, another, that's another what if comic. Realize. Yeah, it is. It is really, isn't it? Like what if Vader did, well, died and Luke struck him down? Well, yeah. there is a version again in the comic books where the Emperor in that moment, uh, Vader dies and he makes a clone of Luke. I think he's got Luke's hand from Bespin. Yeah, and he makes a clone of Luke called Luke. With two U's, who's like a dark side new host body for palps, essentially. It's Luke. 
That's it. So all these things, literally, that you keep suggesting, they've all been done in the comic books. Help me. <laughs> Anything that can and will happen in the Star Wars original trilogy has happened in the comic book. All that means is you can go and find it, Matty, and go and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Mate, that's the thing though. When I was saying I've got too many comics, like like Star Wars is a big thing to like jump into because there's so many spin-offs of comics. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you'd be collecting, and a lot forever. of them aren't canon anymore. The nineties and early two thousands had so many because it kept jumping between publishers. It was at Marvel, it was at Dark Horse, it was at IDW, yeah. it was fucking everywhere. There's nothing to keep it consistent. No, the two best ones you can get is the Vader one from 2017 and the Darth Maul Sons of Dathomir one. They're the two best ones you can get right now. I got that, Sam, for Christmas. (laughs) You did, mate. They're the best two recommendations you can have. Yeah, I'm going to give those ones a go. I'll start off with those. Can we finally get to Endor, guys? Anything else before we get to Endor? We get a cool speeder fight. Yeah, speeder chase. Sam, take us away. Take us away with the speeders. Uh, there's some forgivable green screen in this. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> yes. For the time, like this looks pretty damn good. Like it gives you yeah. the proper effect of speed, doesn't it? Ewoks are a thing. Ewoks. Yeah, I man. love Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> they worship C3PO like a god. Yeah, yeah they do. Shiny and he enjoys man. it. <laughs> I wonder why he didn't stay there. He had it. He had it well, pretty cushy on he Endor. Says didn't he? It's not in his programming to um, falsify being a god. Didn't stop him though. No, it didn't stop him for those <laughs> five minutes because everyone was like, "Just fucking go along with it, or we're getting burnt and eaten alive here." <laughs> also, <laughs> also, it's explained in expanded universe that yes, the Ewoks did eat all the dead bodies of the stormtroopers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's what they lived on for several months after the Battle of Endor. Would have been a big cleanup, but Jesus, <laughs> pretty sure that is canon still. Oh dear. Have you played Star Wars Battlefront Two, Matty? Uh, I've got I've got both Battlefront One and Two, but I didn't play much into Number Two. Like you should play the campaign of Number Two because yeah. that ties in right up until the Death Star blows up with Imperials on right. Endor. So it's pretty wicked. The newer game was brilliant, though. I love the new game. Fallen Order. The storyline in that is... Oh, man. Yeah, Fallen Order. Uh, I haven't finished it game. yet. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, it's a wicked yeah, game. We won't That's talk for about a different that, podcast. Then. That's for Get Real Gaming at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a, there's a hint. <laughs> there's a teaser of something that me and Sam are thinking about. <laughs> anyway, so we also get the conversation between Luke and Leia after this, where, like we said, he tells her that... He, the, the brother and sister and she's like yeah i always knew it's like yeah she's clearly sensitive with the force so why was everybody so pissy in the last jedi when she starts using the force <laughs> that <is> true, <laughs> that's yeah. my question why yeah. are people all of a sudden dead pissy just because we didn't see it we get yeah. told we get told verbally she's force sensitive get fucking used to it <laughs> i think it's just because of the mary poppins aspect of how she used it in the last jedi yeah. to be fair yeah yeah i didn't expect that me i was like oh man leia's gone leia's gone and then Next minute, I thought, like, yeah, I, I like, agree. Whoa. I thought, I thought that was it. I thought, yeah, that's it. You know what? That's fine. Oh no, she's still alive. Here she comes. No, we got Luke uh, die instead. Who saw that one coming? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. We actually see personal growth from Han, like in that moment where she finds out, she's like, "I just need a minute alone," and then he starts kicking off, thinking that she's shagging a brother again because <laughs> he doesn't know the brother and sister yet he's just there like oh but you can tell that bitch can you well fuck you and then like he starts <laughs> kicking off and then you actually see some personal growth and he realizes that he can't treat people like that anymore if he's going to be with Leia, he needs to mature as a person and he apologizes and this is why han solo is a good character because he actually has a character arc <laughs> he Isn't goes that- from the guy that shoots first to the guy that apologizes for doing shit wrong <laughs> 
the one thing I thought was really weird was just before, it's the weirdest way of Luke trying to say to Leia that the brother and sister, it's like... My sister has it. Intense stare till she figures it out. <laughs> it's in my family too. My father has it, which is Darth Vader. You know that, I told you last time. I have it. Yes, you know I've got it. My sister has it. Stares into her soul. <laughs> and then they, they, knew it, they knew it all along. They had a feeling. Luke just gets it from the creepy smiles that his dad gave to his mum. <laughs> that's where he gets it from yeah Jesus. the weird stares at women that's one thing i know it's the, i know it's the um the prequels but fuck here now anakin skywalker is so cheesy in their movies oh uh, he's so yeah, cringy ch- cheesy and creepy yeah <laughs> so right let's finish up return of the jedi because i know we've got endor now we've got the final bit we've got the throne room fight and then we're yeah. pretty much home yeah. stretching yeah. then so let's let's wrap let's wrap this up so they take it's out better. the shield generator we get the cool battle with the ewoks doing the shit with all the homemade contraptions looks yeah. cool you get the i love you reversal from leia to han instead like that's such a cool callback and then yeah. she blasts him also she got shot and like her shoulder was actually on fire for a minute there. <laughs> and then she's just fine. She just shrugs it off after that. And then yeah, you get the throne room fight. How cool is that mm. throne room fight? Like it's there's not much action happens in it. Like it's not no. much of a fight, but again, it's the emotional beats between it and you see the conflict within Darth Vader, which gets me to yeah. my question that I wanted to ask you guys. Who was the chosen one all along? Was it Luke? Was it Vader? What do you guys think? I think it's still Darth Vader because he's the one that brings balance to the Force. I I think yeah, maybe he kills because the they Emperor, say yeah. the yeah because they say the translation might be wrong when the the prophecy might be wrong for the chosen one. I reckon it's the chosen bloodline because then we also see that again Kylo Ren helps bring balance to the Force in the sequels as well. Right, I think you've got a good point though when you're saying Darth Vader. Because, like, you see towards the end of episode three where Yoda obviously looks like he's given up and I, I think he, like, kind of knows that this has to happen in order for the balance to be, like, brought by Darth Vader himself. Mm-hmm. That's why he just buggers off. He's like, right, we can't do anything else now. There's no point me and you, Obi-Wan, chasing after him. Let's just leave it at that. This has to be for a bit and then it'll come back and the balance will be brought further he's in the like future Doctor Strange he's seen all possible eventualities and he knows this is yeah. the one timeline he knows that Tony has to die but <laughs> but, but that's, in the but end that's the Jedi will be restored that's yeah. the Jedi way that's how they say in the, like, in the, in the prequels as well they're like when uh, Obi-Wan's talking to Anakin saying like yes like if, if she does die that's like the way I'll, is it Anakin or Yoda I mean Obi-Wan or Yoda that's talking to him about that but he's, they're basically saying uh, like it's Yoda yeah, is it the like if she does die, that's just the way of the force. This is the way things happen. Like just accept it. Yeah, because it. She, she gave up the will to live. So yeah, it's just what the living force has chosen to do. What do you think, so, Sam? I'd say that Luke, in terms of things that he does, he isn't leading any decisions. He's actually just following what's happening and what's going on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's Vader that makes those choices. It's Anakin that makes those big choices. So, you know, I'd say that Luke definitely doesn't make any big decisions. I'd say he doesn't really make any big decisions in The Last Jedi, apart from distracting Kylo Ren to get mm-hmm. let him get away. Yeah. It's like Luke just goes, finds out that his father is Vader, 
But at the end, he just goes, you know, he, he is led into every single trap that he gets put into. Yeah. So I agree, yeah, I'd say it's Vader because he uh, makes the big choices. Yeah, I think the big decision that Luke makes in that moment is to not give in to the anger and the hatred and stuff like that, whereas his father had failed at that in the beginning. Although he does because Vader has to stop him from killing him because he has to put his lightsaber in front of the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah, Luke goes to strike and kill the he, he Emperor. He does go to strike yeah. him down, yeah, but so yeah. it's yeah, yeah. It is so it's a, it's Vader advocate. all the way. But I think yeah. I feel like if Luke wasn't there in that moment, then Vader wouldn't have turned good again. He wouldn't have brought balance to the Force. He would have stayed yeah. by the Emperor's side. It's an interesting way of looking at it. So we all agree on Darth Vader. I agree on Darth yeah. Vader. Yeah. yeah. Do do we think if Luke hadn't have grabbed the lightsaber that Vader? would have maybe struck down the Emperor in that moment once the Rebels were defeated. Because he says in Empire, we can rule the galaxy as father and son. If the Emperor's grand plan had been executed and the Rebels were destroyed at the Battle of Endor, do you think maybe Vader might have been like, time for me to be the fucking Emperor, bitch? (laughs) And then Luke's just there. And what do you think, Matty? What do you think? I don't know. That's a bit fair-stretched, that... That's a, that's a little bit too off the rails. Yeah, yeah. I don't it, know. It's tough because I think Vader is very, very loyal to the Emperor. I think he's he's extremely loyal. Um, he, he says in Empire Strikes Back, he's like, "Fuck the Emperor, we can do it, the two of us." But it's like that's like Dooku and Sidious. It's Sith mind tricking. You know what I mean? I think mm. that's what it is. I think that Vader had. He wouldn't fight his son and chop his son's hands off if he didn't have the intent of, if he doesn't join me, I'll kill him. Do you not think maybe he's trying to push him to the brink like he was pushed to the brink? Yeah. No, he he, he says that if if Luke doesn't turn, he'll kill him and he'll turn his sister instead. He says that to the Emperor. So I'd say no, you know. I think that that Luke doesn't kill him and I think it's watching Luke suffer by the Emperor, I think, that turns him. And I think it's because Luke has the whole thing of trying to turn him and says the whole, there's good in you and stuff. I think that's what does it. I think if that didn't happen and Luke just gets killed off, I don't think Vader would turn, no. So, but we're still saying that Vader's the chosen one, but then we're saying that he needs Luke as well. So that's why I'm thinking that the chosen one is the chosen one bloodline. I don't think, like, Darth Vader, you see, especially when he's an Anakin, he, like, he loves his family, though. Like, well, he loves Padme at the time. So, like, you know what I mean? There's no way, if you could have Padme back, I think he'd probably change his mind about being so evil. Obviously, I know he, like, slaughtered all those, like, people at the Jedi Temple, but... You know what I mean? Apart from that, younglings. like, do you know what I mean? So, like, when he comes to the point of him like killing Luke, like, why would he kill Luke when he was so upset about hearing what happened to Padme, what he did to Padme? I don't know. I think that I think Padme's different. I think you, there's a lot of like in the Vader Immortal games and stuff. He, he finds a way of trying to bring her back, yeah, and doesn't manage to do it. And I think really that's all he cares about you see it all the throughout the three episodes how much he he doesn't really care like he does but he sees it as an opportunity to turn his son against you know turn his son to him yeah and he does that with the emperor like they see it as the the three of them 
And he doesn't say we're going to strike the Emperor down when he gets to join him. He says we can rule it as father and son underneath the Emperor. That's the way I read that. Right. Like, I know we have the rule of two and stuff and all that business, but I I think when he says that, he doesn't mean to bring the Emperor down. He means as underneath the the Empire as it is. The script says, Luke, you can destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen it is your destiny. Join me and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. So I take that as he wants him to kill the Emperor because they all know he's capable of it and then they're going to rule it, just the two of them. All right. Mm. Okay. You had to fact check, I had to fact check. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll chat about this more after. Oh, I just wanted to talk about Vader's death after that then. Yeah. Um, The theme the theme in this bit where they have the moment where he takes the helmet off is one of the best Star Wars musical bits. This hits differently every time I see it and like when I watched it today, it was a lot more like emotional than I remember it being like the fact that he's like, no, let me see you with my own eyes, like, this one time. Yeah. Like, so good. And he's basically saying, he's just there, like, like it's okay if I die now that, like, I've been able to see you, you've brought yeah. the good back in me, you've saved me. Now you and your sister need to, like, go on and do this. What if they would have put um, Hayden Christian's CGI'd face over that end scene? <laughs> oh. uh, no, no. <laughs> Imagine if they did a release with that though. Next, <laughs> the next Star Wars remaster, Hayden Christian's face over Darth Vader. I'm not going to lie; people have become a lot more forgiving of Hayden Christensen. I would yeah. have to see how it looks. <laughs> no, I, First. I would, I would say, yeah, I, like I quite like Hayden Christensen, but I would never have that digitally replaced because you also need to think this is what. Like twenty odd years later, so he's aged, he's burnt to a fucking crisp. Like, nah, it wouldn't make sense. I know it, it wouldn't because, like, the way you see Darth Vader at the end of this one, he's still got obviously big patches of normal skin. Whereas, like, when you see Hayden's like character, he just get like you said, burnt to a crisp. So on well, this, yeah, just, but like, then it, he's getting like skin grafts and stuff, isn't he? Like, yeah, like the white skin is not normal skin; like it's dead skin essentially. Yeah, he's still fucked up. <laughs> He's got that massive gash down the back of his head as well. Anyway, Star Wars or Star Wars? Star, Star Wars. Wars. Star Wars. It's still a Star Wars. All three of these films are Star Wars. And we've already given our definitive rankings. Like, me and Sam are putting it lower than top place, which Matty is putting it. <laughs> yeah. We have a couple of questions that we round off with, Matty. So yeah. now is your time to. Time to shine. So right. Sam's um, picked these questions this time because I've asked oh, all man, my questions I'm nervous. Already. I hope I know. The first thing that we get you to do is, out of all the trilogies, out of all the spin-off films, yeah. um, so this includes all three trilogies and it'll also include Solo and Rogue One, Right. Uh, rank your top three Star Wars films. What's your perfect trilogy? Out of all three trilogies then? Including no, no, out of, yeah, yeah, of all three trilogies, so episode one to nine, Fuck including me. Rogue One and Solo, just pick your top three. If you had to be stranded on a desert island with three Star Wars films, what would they oh, be? Oh, man. Um, you don't have to rank them in order if you don't want to, if that's too difficult. <laughs> episode episode three will always be because it's one of those I grew up with. So, well, same with Phantom Menace, but obviously episode three was a lot better than Phantom Menace. Like I said, from the first, from the prequel, episode three's on there because uh, I grew up with it and that was my favourite out of the prequel trilogies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one after that would have to be A New Hope, obviously. 
because as we say it's the new it's the new hope as well um maybe last jedi after that oh i like it i i yeah, write okay. i yeah. rank the high, last jedi quite highly yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, Rogue One in there somewhere because you've been talking about it so much, but that might just be because it's fresh in your memory. Yeah, it's fresh in my memory, but, yeah. No, it, it is such a good little setup, though, and, like, they've done it perfectly. Like, some spin-offs just, mm. just, like, go on and on, and it's just pretty crap. But these ones totally. have thought so much into it and gone into all these little details to connect it all together. It's cool. I love it. Awesome. Uh, my next question is, apart from the spin-offs that we've already had, what spin-offs would you like to see? Definitely more Mandalorian stuff. Obviously, I know it's been done, but I'd love to see a lot more of that. So, is there series two being confirmed yet? Series three's been confirmed. Holy shit! Right, yeah. well, there season two is like wrapped filming. Fuck. Well, yeah, Boba Fett's definitely making a comeback. Then it's just going to happen. <laughs> Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. That's what he wants. All right. Well. Do you know what the other two? Are? I want to see the horror movies. I want to see the horror versions of Star Wars. You're going nice. into my game, then <laughs> bring some horror in there, man. Yeah, yeah. So you want the C three PO and the Wampa horror films? Yeah, C three PO horror film one, definitely. Even the Ewoks. What have you seen those fuckers eating people? <laughs> yeah, it's it. I'm thinking it's like Gremlins, but with more cannibalism. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, yeah. it's not cannibalism because they're not the same race as you. But yeah, more, more stormtroop. Okay, stormtroopers get deserted on Endor when they're setting yeah. up the shield generators, and yeah. the Ewoks are hunting them down and eating them. Yeah, sound. That's I'm gonna make cool. that. I'm gonna make that. There you go. Picture. It, could, it could already be a comic. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right. Have you got any questions, Chris? Uh, no, I covered mine in the episode. All right. So to wrap up, Matty, do you want to tell us a little bit where people can find your podcast? So you can find a podcast, an earful podcast, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, under an earful podcast. And we're on Spotify, Acast and all that for your for your actual podcast in itself. And we're now doing a bit more YouTube content as well. So check us out on YouTube. We've got a few of the interviews up there at the moment. Perfect, cool. And where can people find you if they wanted to follow you on Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that? Um, well, I don't use Twitter much, but so I'm more Instagram active. But that's under Matty underscore Ashton on Instagram. Perfect, cool. And if you want to check us out, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can check out Get Real at Get Real Pod across all those places, as well as emailing us at GetRealPodUK at gmail.com. Chris, where can people check out the podcast? You can check out the podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a review and five stars. Follow us on Spotify and literally everywhere you want to get your podcast from. We are also available on YouTube. We are Get Real Podcast on YouTube. So follow us on there for YouTube content. Hopefully some videos up on there soon, like the Earful guys. So thank you very much for joining us, Matt. It's been a pleasure having you on. And we'll get back to you guys with the definitive ranking once we've had our third Matt, Matt Lunn on. The third and final hey, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt and Matt. Matt, Matty and Matt. Mate, it's brilliant when we go go to do interviews. <laughs> yeah, but I like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm Matt, Matt, Matt. Oh, that's easy enough. They yeah. don't have to remember any names. Yeah. But yeah, it's been good, guys. So thanks again for being on the episode, Matt, and check us out next time where we cover the sequel trilogy with Matt Lum from An Airful Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. See ya. See you later.